Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, good morning. A pleasant good Monday morning. Time to get up and at them. If you're not already up and at them. We're up and at them in this studio. Another big, big, big Men- Bengals Monday. That's right, Casey, Tom. Trace, what's happening, fellas? That's going doing great, Tom. That's going. Um, enjoyed myself in the Bengals victory on Saturday. You were at the game. I was at the game. It was a great game to go to. I mean, what what a what a great game to go to. Like beginning of the season, we thought it was going to be great. Middle of the year, thought it was going to be terrible. Ended up being great anyway. So fantastic. Big time win. Big time win. Big time win. Zebra, Reed, fresh off uh, Chatterbox Bengals. Reed yeah. Mouse. Yeah. Yeah, still a little uh, banged up mentally from that one, but yeah, yeah. I'm doing Why well. are you banged up mentally? Well, from I, that I, one? I might have, uh, I might have tied one off. Might have, might have, uh, might have had a little too much fun on the show, Tom. But it was, it was, all, it was all in good fun. That's right. How could you not when the Bengals play a game like that? So I'm doing great, Tom. What a day, what a morning, Monday morning, huh? Yeah, but I want to hear a little bit how you did over the weekend because you proclaimed mm. this time one week ago that you were not gambling anymore. Yeah. That lasted about uh, 48 to 72 hours, yeah, if even that long, maybe 24 hours. Yeah. You did unretire. So we're going to find out how you fared okay. over the weekend. I did okay. Okay. All right. Well, we welcome all of you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 hey. to 12. P. A little short today. A little short today. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. Are we on uh, Twitter today, Casey? Yes. Seabox Sports. Sports, right? That's right. At Seabox Sports. You can find us if you'd rather join us in podcast form. Search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. All right, now look. Let's get a show of hands. I even want to see here in the room. Show of hands. And you at home, we can see you. We're like the government. We can see everything you're doing. You just don't know it. Let's be honest. When the third quarter came to an end on Saturday, and the Bengals were trailing by two touchdowns. Who thought Jake Browning would lead them back to a win? Wait a minute. Hold on. Take that shot. Next to you, Casey. Okay. That's fine. What about then after tying the game, okay. right? And Minnesota went down the field for a touchdown to go back in front. Who believed Browning would come back to tie it up with 3.40 to go. I, I had faith after we tied it up. I had faith after we tied it up. All the momentum in the world, Tom. So down 14, you raised your hand. Down seven, you're not. No, the, I definitely didn't think they were going to win when they, were, when they had third and one. And uh, they were, what, five yards away from kicking a field goal? They were at death's doorstep right there, and somehow Jesus himself came down before Christmas and resurrected the Bengals. Well, that was in overtime, right? Yeah, but, I mean, that's a part of the game where well, I actually— It wasn't overtime. Yeah, that was in overtime. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So did, you didn't raise your hand for either one of those. Uh, I, had, I, had some, I had some doubts, yeah. But, I mean, I was, you know— I, from what I saw the first half from Jake Browning, I thought, you know, he had finally showed his true colors. But turns out his true colors are super resilience and uh, just falling out. So, I mean, he, he, uh, he, he totally just completely 
turned the corner in the fourth quarter and just tore it up. Okay. Well, if you answered yes and yes to each of those questions, then you are without a doubt a true believer, unlike Casey McAllister, unlike Zebra, unlike Reed Mouse, and to a lesser extent, unlike Trace Fowler. Because look, Jake Browning, you got to admit it, it's one of the most unbelievable stories in the NFL right now. He's making us all believers. He did both of those things, got it done in OT, and yet another season-saving win, 27-24 over Minnesota. Browning throws for 324 yards, two touchdowns, both of those in the fourth quarter. He's 3-1 and one as a starter. And with three weeks to go, the Bengals are very, very much alive in the playoff hunt right now, sitting in the second wild card spot. And how about T. Higgins? Had to feel good for him. You thought, here we go again. Early in the game, drop. Contested ball, which he's supposed to be the 50-50 guy. You throw it up there and he goes and gets it. Drop. But the second chase walked out the door. They came to Higgins on the Bengals sideline, said, you got to be the man. You got to be the man. And he was the man. Now, can all of this turn on a dime? Of course it can. There's back-to-back -back road games in Pittsburgh, in Kansas City, then the season finale at home against a playoff team in Cleveland. There's a lot of bad news to report, and many of you know about it already. All-pro defensive tackle DJ Reader is out for the year, a quad injury. DJ Ivey, who's really come on strong for this team over the past few weeks, out with an ACL tear. Star receiver Jamar Chase, we said he had to leave the game with an injured shoulder. He did not return, and we won't know about his availability for this week until much later in the week. So there's a lot going on. Elsewhere around the National Football League, if Jake Browning is keeping our hopes alive in Cincinnati, that's exactly what Joe Flacco is doing for our brethren in the Buckeye State. Despite the fact that all you guys badmouth Cleveland, they are our brethren. No, they're not. In the Buckeye no, State. Not. He's doing it in Cleveland. The 38-year-old veteran was sitting on a couch four weeks ago. He threw three interceptions in the game. Looked like he was still sitting on the couch. But... As we like to say in Nutcutter Nation, what did he do at Nutcutter time? Same as Browning. Nearly perfect, 11 of 13, two touchdowns to erase a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter against the Bears. The Brownings are 9-5 and five on the year. Think about this for a second, okay? Because nobody likes to give anybody credit in the AFC North for anything, except we're honest here on Off the Bench, okay? We're honest. Flacco yesterday became the fourth Cleveland quarterback to start four or more consecutive games for their team this season. Just stop and think about that for a minute. That'd be like Burrow, Browning, McCarron, and pick anybody else you want. A fourth guy starting four or more games, and they're nine and five. Kevin Stefanski right now is hands down, and it could change. Today, hands down, NFL Coach of the Year. Not even debatable. Baltimore clinches a playoff spot. And the Jags, somebody around here was talking about the Jags a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. oh, boy, you talk about a fraud. They get dismantled for the third time in a row against an AFC North team. 23-7 to last night at home against Baltimore. But for the Ravens, the win comes at a heavy price. 
They lose rookie running back Keaton Mitchell for the season. Knee injury. Left tackle Ronnie Staley. Concussion. Free safety with a groin injury. Out. Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. He took a big fourth quarter hit. Jags in a three-way tie for first in the AFC South with three weeks to go. Saturday afternoon, the Steelers, Bengals' next opponent, humiliated in Indy. 30-13 to was never a game. The men of aluminum now 7-7. Seven and seven. Their chances to make the playoffs 3%, but there's still a slight chance. This is a must-win game for them on, on Saturday against the Bengals. Also in the playoff hunt, Denver, another fraud. Hammered in Detroit, 42-17, Broncos 7-7. Houston, they had guys out everywhere, including their star quarterback, C.J. Stroud. But they beat Tennessee in overtime, 19-16. 35-year-old Case Keenum. My buddy Chris Spielman used to say all the time, if World War III ever happens, Case Keenum is going to be like a cockroach. He's going to crawl out from under a rock, and he's going to be quarterbacking in the NFL. Guy just keeps on going. That's right. 35 years old. He gets a start and leads him to the win. Don't look now, but let's be honest about this a second. If you're all of those top teams in the AFC, right? You know, the Ravens, Chiefs, right? The last two teams right now that you would want to face in the playoffs that are wild card teams are the Bengals and Buffalo. Did you see that yesterday? Last week, the Bills, of course, beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Then yesterday, I mean, it was never a game against Dallas, who had won five in a row. 31-10. to 10. Buffalo runs the ball 49 times for 266 yards. We hear that word bully all the time, right? Dallas got bullied. And I mean big-time bully. Everybody talks about that Dallas defense. Probably going to be tough sledding against them. <laughs> they just got their teeth kicked in. Remember the Cowboys. We said they won five in a row. They were averaging 40 points per game, over 308 passing yards per game. Yesterday did not even reach 200 yards of offense. Guilty as charged last time it'll happen. Why would anybody buy into Dallas? Ever buy into Dallas. They got a good team, but they're never going to win the big one. They'll have an isolated game here or there. Beat Philadelphia at home last week. That's fine. And the four games before that, the Patriots and the Panthers and all that nonsense. But when it comes down to, to, to really needing it, right, they ain't going to get it done. Tampa Bay. The guy you killed, Casey McAllister. Baker Mayfield, the last Cleveland Browns quarterback to win a playoff game. 381 yards passing and a 34-20 win over Trace Fowler's Green Bay Packers. He throws four touchdown passes. Thoughts, if any, on the guy that you have basically undressed for a year and a half on this program. Baker Mayfield. Keep going, I guess. I mean, you're 7-7. Seven and seven. I, I don't know what you want from me, Tom. I mean, he beat the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Packers. They ain't much. So He had a perfect passer rating. Perfect passer rating. 158.3. I just don't understand why you can't give the guy a little credit. That division three weeks ago was up for grabs for three teams, 
right? You had the Falcons. You had the Saints, led by your guy, Derek Carr. And you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, Tom, never mind. Yes? Can we break something down real quick? There is no quarterback on this show that takes more flack from you than Derek Carr. What, 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 what's, your, what's your beef with Derek Carr? I have no beef with the guy whatsoever. But at the end of the day, this guy is, in my opinion, he is the most, single most overrated quarterback in the league. That's just my opinion. They gave him $28 bucks, whatever it is, down there a year in New Orleans, and look where they are. Andy Dalton had a better year last year than Derek Carr. Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. Fair That's all enough. I'm saying. I mean, he seems like a good dude. Seems like a very likable guy. Fair enough. Great Very likable guy. Nothing personal here. Monday night football. The Philadelphia Eagles were off yesterday. They'll play tonight, and they still clinched a playoff spot. They do take the field against Seattle. And again, for Seattle, this is a huge game. Still trying to stay alive in the NFC wildcard chase. College football. Miami of Ohio, the high nooners. Lost to Appalachian State. In the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl, 13-9. Meanwhile, real men show up when real men show up. That would be the Ohio University. They had nine starters on offense they had to replace because of the transfer portal. Nine. And they put up 41 points in a route of Georgia Southern in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. The number one player out of high school this time a year ago, quarterback Malachi Nelson, is entering the transfer portal. This on the heels of seemingly becoming the next starting quarterback at USC after sitting behind Caleb Williams all this year. He says, I'm out of here. And this is like a bombshell in L.A. People can't believe it. They think this was the guy right after the guy. Meanwhile, former Ohio State quarterback Tom McCord is transferred to Syracuse. And former Indiana football head coach Tom Allen is the new defensive coordinator at Penn State. College basketball. A little more than a week ago. UC undefeated. We figured they were ready to beat Xavier on the road for the first time since George Bush was president in 01. Of course, they lost that game. They beat some patsy during the week. And here they come back over the weekend to face another local rival in Dayton. And Wes Miller's team was manhandled. 82-68. to Dayton's got a nice team. It was the first regular season meeting between the two schools since 2010. Other action, Northern Kentucky. Casey, they have a basketball team over there. Went to the NCAA tournament last year. They do. They beat Eastern Kentucky. That's your alma mater. Mm. To go to seven and five. Ohio State beats Mick Cronin and UCLA. Number one, Arizona loses at Purdue. If Purdue gets good guard play, they are going to win the whole thing. Their guards were better than Arizona guards in that game. Now, they were at home. But the one kid whose dad was an assistant for hugs here for a long time, John Lawyer's kid, he's one of those guards. If Purdue gets good guard play, they will win the national championship. Kentucky beat North Carolina and Trace Fowler's Kansas Jayhawks rallied late to beat Indiana in Bloomington. Did you watch that game? Not a lot of it, Tom. No, I did not watch that game. That was was up against the Bengals game, right? It was. And then on top of that, I was busy doing something for a friend. So I was trying to be nice. 
And I, I know this sounds like a Fairweather fan thing to say, but college basketball, for me, it's hard to get into it until January, to be honest. Yeah. Once football kind of subsides, It's not even that. It's like college play. football, when college football is over, um, then at that point you get into conference play for college basketball, and that's when, that's when I would venture to say that I start to lock into that. But, uh, but no, I didn't watch a ton of it. It looked like um, – it looked like Indiana just couldn't find their way to, to finish a game off. Brian B. says Mick Cronin is awful. How in the world is Mick Cronin awful? That's what so many people thought around here when he was a coach. And if you were looking yourself and being honest in the mirror, 99% would take him back. Would you? Would you take Mick Cronin back? I would take Mick Cronin back right now. Would you take John Brandon back? Well, John, and, and, and again, John Brandon seems like a very nice guy. I'll start with that. That's how Tom got around the Derek Carr slander, so I'll try that. <laughs> uh, he seems like a very, very, very nice guy. Seems like the, the, the salt of the earth. Very nice. He dismantled one of the greatest college basketball programs in a matter of months. Dismantled it. Time out. An, NBA, an NBA talent, an NBA player that starts regularly, he forced him out of the city, transfers to LSU. I will not take, and then he took, and then he tweets that nonsense after the win because he's a, apparently associated with Dayton in some capacity, making him run wind sprints nonstop, no water breaks. What's wrong with that? Well, a kid passed out. Well, that's gonna happen. How, how can, how yeah, can, come on, I mean, you gotta how, take the good with the bad. How can you say Cincinnati's one of the greatest college basketball programs of all time? Just, when they're not even one of the best because they're not even the best college basketball program in the area. I don't need to hear this nonsense. They objectively are. And if you if you if you want to what happened the last time they played? We'll say Dayton. What happened? What are we doing here? What happened last time it's they at, played? This is the Monday. This is didn't Trace just say college basketball doesn't mean anything yet? That's what that's what we just what that's, that's what we need to go back to. Last time they played Northern Kentucky. When was the last time they Xavier beat them? Last time they played them. Yeah, Did they, they played them, them this year. year. Okay. They beat them this year. Okay. Come on now, two for three. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the. Uh, we have Charlie Goldsmith coming up about eleven. Everybody, uh, your. Um, Macro view of the Bengalis. Now, uh, according to Nate Silver, who on so many levels has been just completely, you know, disavowed for so many of his analytical, uh, you know, predictions. But that's neither here nor there. A lot of people put stock in what he has to say. He's a hardworking dude. Good for him. Uh, he says the Bengals' playoff chances before the game over the weekend were at 25%. He says now they're at 35%. If they beat Pittsburgh... Those chances jump to 54%. So, that's a separate topic. We'll get into that in a minute. Casey, I always like to start with you when it comes to the Bengals. Because you are glass three-quarters full dude. Well, we love you, Casey. Yeah. Your thoughts of the Bengalis? Whew. Um, that first half was rough. Um that was very rough. But our defense pulled through again, got the turnovers when we need them, um, kept it close. It was only 14-3 to going into the fourth quarter, and we ended up tying it 14-14, uh, I believe, or 17-17 or, or something like that. I can't remember what 17-17. Yeah, 17-17. And then uh, – No, 17-3, forgive me. Being at the game um, – there's a lot of things that I missed. And one of the things that I missed was after Pratt had that pick six 
we had no idea that it was called back right. until they had ran their first play. We were still celebrating and and, and pretty much uh, being sloshed and trash talking all the Vikings fans around us. And then in the matter of like five plays, boom, 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 they drive down the field and score a touchdown. And I was just in a really rough spot at that point. Oh, I did not think that we were going to be able to win that ball game. But Jake Browning, I mean, he he just came through when it mattered most. Yep. Threw the ball up to T. Higgins. T. Higgins makes a fantastic play, catches it, and then reaches across to score that touchdown. Like Reed said in the postgame show, might be one of the best plays we've ever seen. No doubt. Since the Jermaine Simpson flip. Um, I, the Bengals were just on a roll at that point. I yep. mean, they just couldn't stop them. You get into overtime, get the ball, they get stopped. And I thought it was over at that point. It was third and one, stuffed. Fourth and inches, stuffed again. And this is without DJ Reader. They drive down the field, score that field goal, that Tyler Boyd catch. That was also just amazing. I mean, I, you listen to the press conference, and they were worried about hitting each other, T and Tyler Boyd. They thought that maybe that might be the reason why he got – Loose because the defense didn't know who was going to get the ball. They didn't know who was going to catch that thing. So, overall, I thought the Bengals struggled in the first half, which is very common for this team. They struggled early in the first half, and they pulled through in the second. I mean, that's that's their MO. They were able to um, throw it when they needed it. They didn't have to rely on the run game this week. It well, was, they abandoned the run game. It's not a matter of relying on it. Mixon eh. averaged almost five yards a carry. He only had ten carries the whole game. They yeah, gave up I mean, on the run game. Yeah, I mean they again. I think I think part of that reason though, Tom, was that they they relied on Chase Brown early in that game, and he didn't necessarily flash until it was in the past game, and you know some of those screens that almost broke through. But again, like I don't think that the run game was there all game. I mean, it, it certainly showed up when it mattered most, but it wasn't something that they had to rely on. Jake Browning was able to get it done, throwing all over the field. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. So, All right. Trace, you were the guy that said all along, and we continue to bang the drum for you because you said it. No one else would listen. You were like, you know, trying to lead those non-believers who were stuck in the desert for 40 years, right? Into the promised land. You were the guy that said. I mean, you were the lone I, I, I don't there. think it was that. I don't think you it was were that. the lone voice out there saying early in the year, sit down, Joe Burrow. Let's see what Browning can do healthy. I, I don't, Listen, I don't think that's even that crazy of a take. Everyone's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I mean, the, the, the guy that you had for the first three weeks was the world's worst quarterback. You say he, that. He, and you say he, it's he not that big of a He had a quarterback rating for three weeks in a row of like 20. When and you, he was when terrible. You, when you say that, though, we should all remember – Zach Taylor, who infrequently will abuse somebody in the media for asking a question, he lit, I can't remember who it was, might have been Kelsey Conway or somebody like that, lit them up when asked about the possibility of Burrow not playing in a game early this year. I mean, he lit her up. 
Listen, there's blinders that have had that have happened to the city, and that is perfectly fine because of the circumstances that have happened. It's like the it's like the uh, proverbial child that that for whatever reason gets all the credit in the family because uh, because the siblings also helped out. And it's like, yeah, maybe the maybe the one the one child did a little bit more of the work or whatever, but they didn't do it all. And I think that that's my whole point with this Joe Burrow thing. He was terrible the first three weeks. Awful. If you watch the games, it's not hard to realize you got one player on the field that was causing a significant amount of the issues, and he was the problem. I don't give a damn what he did before. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL the first three weeks. So to sit here and think that, oh, my God, how did you think this guy behind him could possibly – I don't know. He's in the NFL. He's in the NFL. You have some of the world's best players on offense as well. It's not like this guy didn't have any weapons. To sit here and think that, that Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, and, and, and you know, for, for lesser of an extent, I guess Joe Mixon still has a little bit in the tank, can't be somewhat serviceable with a guy that can just throw the ball a little bit, is that you're, that's what's happened the last few weeks. I don't think Jake Browning is some unbelievable quarterback. I think that ultimately he knows the offense and he makes just standard throws. And I don't, like the other thing too that's crazy to me is like, oh my God, look how. Look how bad of a throw it was to T. Higgins. I mean, Joe Burrow's done the same stuff with Jamar Chase. He just throws the ball up to these guys because they're the elite receivers. They're, 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 they're elite receivers. They're the best receivers in the game. Those are the types of plays that you try to make if you got those kind of guys. So to sit here and suggest, like, some passes are horrible, he's getting away with them. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then let's go back and look at Joe Burrow's tape. He's made some terrible throws, too. In fact, he threw a terrible throw down the middle of the field in the AFC Championship game to Jamar Chase, and everybody's ranting and raving about how great of a throw it was because it's a smart throw. It's a throw in which you're giving your guys that are better than everyone else a chance to succeed. And, you know, I don't know if this is really, quite frankly, uh, at the end of the day, going to pan out for the Bengals. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Jake Browning is better than Joe Burrow or anything like that. But, I, again, I can't wait to see what it looks like for Joe Burrow, yep. when in which he gets back, yep. and how they handle this whole thing. Because it'll be very interesting. Because yep. it's been very clear and proven already to me that whatever they've decided to do, and whether you want to say they changed the scheme up or not, Tom, I don't care what they did. They are scoring more points and look more effective the last, whatever it's been, three weeks, than they have yep. in the last, you could argue, two years outside of a game here and there. I agree 100%. I agree 1,000% with what you just said. Uh, it should be noted, uh, Paul Daner Jr. Uh, from The Athletic, guess how many guys in the NFL have started their career in their first four NFL starts, hit on 75% of their throws or better while throwing for 1,000 yards or better in their first four career starts? Guess how many guys are out there? All time, history of the league. One, Jake Browning. One, 75%, which you wouldn't expect that. Maybe any other stat that he's doing right now outside of the wins and losses. When you don't basically play in real action football for years, he's never played in real games since he came out of Washington. We don't count preseason games. This guy's not played. And he's hitting 75% or better on his pass attempts. A thousand plus yards. Reed. Got to give it up. You got to get, listen, you do got to give, give it up. up. Jake Browning. You has, beat him down. You got to give it up. 
You beat I, down Browning and you beat down Brock Purdy. What do they have in common? I don't think me. Win. I don't think I ever beat down Jake Browning. If I think back to what I was saying back in, 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 in the first four weeks, which in hindsight, I was wrong. There's no way around that. I was wrong. But I just said, listen, I want to go with the guy that's gotten me to the to the Super Bowl and got me to the AFC Championship. You know, you can change your opinion as you, you find new facts. And now that I've seen Jake Browning do this, yeah. I mean, clearly the better choice was to, to play Jake Browning. But here's the thing that um, I have implored Bengals fans to do over the past couple years, and I, and, I, and I want to reiterate it right here, it's to shed the baggage of the old Bengals fan, right? The old Bengals teams. Because in years past, the Bengals don't win that game on Saturday. Marvin Lewis's Bengals. Well, nobody wins that game Saturday. I think the record I saw today was trailing by 14 or more with nine minutes or something, you know, whatever it was. It's like four and 200. Okay, well, the Bengals did it. Um, the, Marvin Lewis's Bengals never did that. Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, they don't yep. do those things. And time and time again, under Zach Taylor, under Joe Burrow, under Jake Browning, Lou Anner, all the guys that are, that are currently a part of the team now, they continue to reestablish what it means to be the Bengals. They continue to reestablish what Bengals fans should expect from their team. Like I said, like there, there's still this, this trauma. <laughs> I would say it's trauma from what we've seen the Bengals do over the past 20 years. What we've seen the Bengals do since the early 90s, past 30 years. And it's completely being erased right before our eyes. And, and I don't know who deserves the credit there. I don't know if it's Zach Taylor. I don't know if it's the current owners, like the, the, the new people that are taking over and, and, and kind of taking back Mike Brown's roles. I don't know if it's Duke Tobin. I don't know if it's Lou Anderson, Joe Burrow. I don't know who it is. And I really don't care who it is. Who deserves the credit? But this Bengals team is not the Bengals team that we've seen our entire lives. Because with a backup quarterback, they have won three out of four games. With a backup quarterback, they have scored 30-plus points, 24 points. And, and I would say that, really, since week four this year, this Bengals team has been one of the best teams in the National Football League. You could talk about those three losses in the middle, a terrible game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they were playing well against the Baltimore Ravens before Joe Burrow gets hurt. They were one catch away from beating the Houston Texans. So over the past 10 weeks, this has been one of the most complete football teams in the league, and I don't think enough people are talking about that. Tom, I'm as happy as a pickle. I, I, think, I think the Bengals are all the way back. I was wrong a couple times this season when I declared the season dead. I think three or four times, maybe five. Trace was like, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Tom Hanks' hit Christmas movie, The Polar Express, Tom. Um, but there's a scene in that movie where, you know, they're trying to ring the bell, but only the believers can hear it. Trace was ringing a little Jake Browning bell, ding-a-ling-a-ling. -a -ling. He was hearing guy. it. He was hearing it loud and clear. And I and Reed and especially Casey, especially Casey, oh, yeah. we were ringing that bell and Trace was going <laughs> like this, as loud as a bell can be rung and, and, and Casey couldn't hear it. Reed couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. I'm hearing it now. I'm hearing it now, Tom. Seeing is believing. Aren't you and the guy seen, that said D-U-N? No, I don't believe I ever said that. No, here's, here's the thing, Tom. The Bengals in this offense right now has looked the best it's looked all season with Jake Browning. I want to make that very clear. Sure. Joe Burrow had a very good, a very good game against the 49ers, arguably the best offensive performance and defensive, really. The best, the best complete game of the year yes. again, was against probably that uh, 49ers team. Yeah. Yep. Outside of that, Jake Browning has owned this Bengals, this Bengals team. Chase Brown, the addition of Chase Brown, 
I'm not going to say it's it, it deserves as much credit as Jake Browning, but it deserves something. That's opening a whole new list no of possibilities. No doubt about it. Jake Browning's I, – I just looked at it. He threw to 11 different receivers yesterday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. 11 different receivers. And, and, again, this is no – maybe Joe Burrow was hurt. Maybe he wasn't hurt. Jake, Jake Browning looks legit. He looks legit. So if this is what this team is, this, this is the new identity of this team, and I know we're losing guys, we're losing injured, we're getting injured. I think there was a point it was like back to back to back series there. The Bengals lost or, or lost a player, but I, you you can't ask for more. You can't ask for any more. And, and I'm I'm the number one guy, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. And Tom's guy here, Zach Taylor. I think I think there is something to having just a good team culture. I get that. I, I, I firmly do believe that. Do I disagree with some of his play calls? Sure. If it's third and one, you would think you just run the ball twice. Maybe a little double reverse flip the doo to our tight end and have him run out of bounds for a loss of 10. Maybe that's not the right call. But I'll tell you what. I'll, the spirit of this franchise has never been higher. Yep. I love this team right now more than I did than I, than I loved them at the beginning of the year. That's a fact. Is this team? Let me ask you this, Tom. Is oh, this no. team better now oh, no. than they were at the beginning of the year? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, not even <laughs> remotely debatable. It's not even remotely debatable. We saw the way they started, and they had that nice little run there. You talk about the 49ers. They got they beat the Bills, right? Beat the Bills. But I mean, you know, look. Everybody talks about the boy drop against Houston. Come on now. You got Joe Burrow, who was healthy at the time at quarterback. You've got to beat Houston. I mean, come on. They allowed Stroud to throw for 350, and they ran for over 150. And they lose to Houston. I mean, come on. Houston's okay. But, I mean, they're 8-6, and six, just like the Bengals are. And they play half of their games or over a third of their games against a terrible division. Jacksonville's a joke. Indy, I mean, does anybody really believe that Indianapolis is a playoff team? I mean, come on. Come on. Just like Minnesota. I mean, God bless them. They've lost their quarterback. I mean, anyway. You, you, listen, I give you, – you guys joke around a lot because I do – I've said this before. When people are down, I'm not going to put my foot on their throat and, and keep them down till they, they suffocate to death. Okay? I'm not doing that. That's why when I used to broadcast bad Reds teams, I'm not going to beat them down. They're not any good. They're going to get beat. They stink. But when you're good and you have a chance to go from good to great, Taylor has been great, great in everything that Elliot just said and everything Reed just said. Their culture, whatever that means, but you see it in the way they found a way to rally. I admire the fact that they've changed the style of play to the offense. If you're going to give credit there, you also have to credit or you also have to question what they weren't doing before Jake Browning. Why are they in shotgun every play? Where was Chase Brown? Where was Tanner Hudson? Those two guys alone, why they might be the fifth or sixth or seventh or tenth and eleventh players you think of when you think of the Bengals offense. Where were they? Nowhere to be found. One guy on the practice squad, another guy was hurt for a little bit, but, but nowhere to be found. And you can say, well, he couldn't pass. Okay. But where was he? 
But what you can question is, so Taylor's done a phenomenal job in that regard. There is no doubt about it. He has not only held this team together, he has helped create an environment where the players are accountable and they are stepping up and doing what they need to do to win games and stay in the playoff hunt. But you can question. It seems like on a weekly basis, and I sent it out on X yesterday, Saturday was a playoff game. Every game for the Bengals is a playoff game. Third and one asking Tanner Hudson to throw a pass is absolutely inexcusable. I mean, come on. Let's be real about it a second. You can be both here. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Okay? You can be a Zach Taylor guy, but you can also be the guy that says, are you kidding me? We're moving right down the field and on third down and a yard of all the playmakers you have on offense. Our best decision right there in that spot, third down and a yard in a playoff game is to ask Tanner Hudson to throw a pass? <laughs> Seriously. And everybody, everybody just lets it go. Oh, they pulled it out. They, pull, they pulled it out of their tail. You and I both know it. It took a miracle play by Higgins down there at the end. It took the defense coming up with the two stops you talked about, fourth and inches. Right. Which, by the way, brings us to the fact of what in the hell is Minnesota thinking about? They got, it, they got a running back who the Bengals couldn't stop. He wasn't even hit till he was five yards past the line of scrimmage every time he touched the ball. He set a career high in rushing. And they go quarterback sneak back to back. I thought they were great. They tried to do the touch push, Tom. And they like had an the, infant trying to push. Yeah, they had the smallest guy on their team try to push the quarterback on God the touch push. I mean, it's God just blasphemous. I mean, it was un it's inexcusable for, for Minnesota what they did there. But hey, it is what it is. We stopped them and you also forgot to mention the Tyler Boyd uh, miracle catch and um, scamper down the field to get them in field goal range. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're, what you're saying, Tom. Zach did not have a good game for about three quarters. But when you got the roster that we do, and I think I'm, I'm confident in saying this, when you have the roster that we do, if you can call a perfect quarter, I don't think there's any lead that you can't over – or there's no deficit that you can't overcome. I mean, Jake Browning proved it yeah. this Saturday. I mean, he, you're down 3-14 to 14 going into the fourth three. quarter. And 14-3, whatever. 17-3. to 17-3. They had to score 14 points to tie the game. Yeah. Regardless, they okay. were down. You were there. They were down 14 points. Obviously deep in the Bud Light or high noons or whatever. But go ahead. Yeah. A Miller guy. But anyways, okay. they were down Miller 14 Light. points. And they were able to come back. So I got to give credit to Zach for being able to keep get those guys I, I in the agree. right position. And we said that. We, you can have it both ways. It's just like Anarumo. No fan in the world better of Lou, Lou Anarumo than I am. Yeah, but time, it is it? a logical question to say, is it just me? Or on third down and 15, you rush three, you drop eight. And the second best player on offense doesn't have someone within 10 yards of him when he catches a pass, Hawkinson, to get a first down. How many times did that happen the other day? 
Well, the one time, the the, the third and 15 to TJ Hawkinson happened exactly one. But TJ Hawk, tight ends have been a problem against this Bengals defense. And that's, you know, I actually said already in the show that the Bengals have, have been a complete team over the past. Really, the defense has looked has looked very bad. I mean, they gave up 430 yards to Nick Mullins and the Minnesota Vikings. They gave up 400-plus yards to Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers who haven't won a game and have looked terrible for three straight weeks. So the defense has a, has a lot of questions. But for the sake of good podcasting, for the sake of good sports talk radio, I, I want to ask a question. We, are, we, we give a lot, of, a lot of praise to Jake Brown, and he, and he, and he rightfully deserves it. Yep. And I know backup quarterbacks are, are graded on a curve, as they should be. But, but if this exact same game happened with Joe Burrow, and they won, they pulled it out exactly the exact same way, what would we be sitting here talking about on this show at this very moment? Where was the offense for three quarters? Because that's exactly what happens. It's, it's, it's been a consistent tale of this Cincinnati Bengals team that it goes quiet, right? Yep. They, 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 they get the field goal on the opening drive, and then it's nothing but punts and turnovers until the fourth quarter. Punts and turnovers. That's right. That's seven straight possessions of either a punt and then one interception. Yep. Well, three straight weeks they've scored more points in, 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 than they have all year long outside of one game. So, but I'm, here, say, I'm saying I'm saying I guess this, you could say the, the Cardinals. I'm my my bad. So no, well, that was the count. They scored a defensive touchdown. A on that defensive one. touchdown. But 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 I, I understand your point. I think, and this is maybe it's just very me similar the to the Bills. If Joe Burrow did this, I'm just here to tell you, it would be about how Joe Burrow's got ice in his veins. That's Joe Shiesty. He came back. Right. They won him, he won him the game. Right. That's what I'd hear. Correct. I will say this right now, without a question. If this defense wasn't this atrocious, and when I say atrocious, I think they're the top. Five worst defenses in the league, especially when they have to play somebody worth a shit. If they had a the same defense they had last year, Tom, if they had Bates and Bell and the whole the whole uh, Apple and all the other guys that, that we've come to know, I would actually consider placing a Super Bowl ticket on the Bengals. But the reason as to which I, I don't think they have any chance in the world has nothing to do with their offense. It's everything to do with the fact that somebody is going to absolutely slice this defense apart. And it's, it's when a guy like Nick Mullins is not a quarterback. Well, we'll find out. You know, you, again, we, we keep getting back. Now we're down to three games. After four, we're down to three. And you got whoever the Steelers are going to run out there. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, you got right, Christmas uh, time. What's that? It's Christmas time, Rudolph. It is. I mean, and there may be something to that. I shouldn't probably be, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph has been around the league for a long time. I want to give the guy respect. He hangs in there and keeps coming back and grinding. So we'll see if it's him, if it's Trubisky next week, Saturday again. It's a Saturday game, don't forget, again. Um, and then the following week, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs don't look like any world beaters. I mean, they, keep, they, they won the other day, ended a losing streak. That was tight for a while. And New England's just terrible. They took care of them at the end. Uh, and then you got Joe Flacco and the Brownies. Uh, you know, you talk about the defense, which now all of a sudden raises, you know, the question of, okay, well, if they weren't playing very well with DJ Reader, now they're playing without DJ Reader. We're going to talk to Charlie Goldsmith about that a little, a little bit later on. It's such a shame for Reader. He, he's just a, he seems like a really good guy. Uh, he has just been an outstanding player for the Bengals. You know, I... I really think you could make the three of the best acquisitions this franchise has made in its history. I'm not saying one, two, and three, but certainly top ten have just come in the last three or four years where you've got four players that come to mind. 
Trey Hendrickson, unbelievable pickup in free agency. Mm -hmm. Von Bell, great leader, unbelievable player in free agency and for this team, right? Uh, DJ Reader, unbelievable acquisition in free agency. And Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton is a pro's pro. So if you're going to criticize your evaluation of talent on some fronts and in some areas, that's fine. And, and, and that's certainly open for debate. But when it comes to just the last three or four years, you know, who's been more important to that defense than Reader? Right. And now all of a sudden he's out. Now, are other guys going to be able to step up and do well? After he went out yesterday, the other guy stepped up and played pretty good football. Yep. They really did. So, I mean, that's a huge hit. Yeah, that's a huge. Hit. Someone argue that from DJ Reader to Zach Carter, who I think got got a lot of snaps there, is perhaps the biggest drop off from starter to backup. I think some people would would seriously argue that on, in our roster, um, and we've already getting gashed in the interior on on, on run plays, and that's what DJ Reader specialized in. So yeah. without DJ Reader, what's a run game look like against the Cincinnati Bengals? It's certainly going to be at the forefront of everyone's mind when you play the Cincinnati Bengals going forward now that DJ Reader's gone. So that's a huge hit. That's a huge hit. You, you know, you also mentioned Mike Hilton there and that uh, you said the four biggest uh, acquisitions on the defensive side. Mike Hilton, Tom, with his best game that I've seen him play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Early on, I, I gave Mike Hilton a lot of, a lot of crap early on because in the first quarter, he blitzes off the edge. That's what he specializes in, right? He comes off the edge and he blitzes and he gets, he gets stopped by their running back. Um, by the Vikings running back, completely stopped, and they get they throw it to T.J. Hawkinson for a 20-yard gain. And I'm like, Mike Hilton, how can you not get around that? I need more from Mike Hilton. And from that point forward, he kind of, I mean, he he took over the game as much as as much as a Mike Hilton could do. Yep. The pick in the red zone, big play after big play, getting into the back and getting in the, the the backfield. He was absolutely fantastic, Tom. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know the other guy that keeps coming to mind for me it, that I think is another outstanding acquisition, and this one was a trade that really was, you know, maybe on th page three or four of, of, of the Enquirer, is B.J. Hill. Yeah. And not just because he has interceptions in back-to-back -back games. I mean, yeah, and that he does, first two in his career. But this guy has just been a really solid player for this team. Um, they, got a, they got a lot of positives going on down there. They really do. They really do, and we can sit in here and pick apart nitpick things, but that, but but it's the nitpick things that separate you, winning a game or losing a game. And, and they've been able to 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 plow forward, and win, and move ahead. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of Bengals with Charlie Goldsmith. I want to get into a couple of other things though. You continue to kill Joe Flacco, so <laughs> I brought up in the monologue. Okay, kind of like what Trace was saying. If you don't watch the Browns in the first three quarters yesterday, they fall behind the Bears 17-7. to And if Chicago had a receiver that could catch the ball, I mean, Fields was not great. He was like 19-40. Don't get me wrong. But he threw at least, I think it was three or four passes to guys that were wide open that could have been touchdowns or converting first downs that could have led to three or seven or ten more points in the game. And just drop after drop after drop. And I mean wide open stuff. Tight end right down the middle of the field. Nobody within 10 yards of him. Drop. Everybody's going to talk about the Hail Mary. We'll get to that later. That's a ball that should have been caught. I know it's a tip play and there's a lot going on, but it fell right into his boiler. Mm -hmm. Well, a boiler for guys like us. He didn't have a boiler. 
Uh, but, you know, Flacco, just like Browning yesterday, and Casey, you continue to beat him down. The guy was almost perfect in the fourth quarter. Rallies him from 10 down. They win the game. Nine and five, the Cleveland Browns. One game ahead of the Bengalis for the fifth wild card spot. Brownies can play some defense. I know they can play defense, Tom. I got guys hurt. Did you hear the stat yesterday they used on the telecast of that game? I brought up the thing about the four quarterbacks have started four consecutive games or more they've had this year, right? 27% of their salary cap. Think about this for a minute. Nearly a third. A little more than a quarter. 27% of their salary cap players are on injured reserve DUN done for the year. That is getting it done, man. You don't like to give Cleveland credit, but you, you got to. Don't you, Casey? You got to give them credit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean they, come on. The, the defense definitely deserves credit for, for being able to step up and make the plays that they need to. And I think they, they're losing even more guys. I, I don't know if you saw Zadarius Smith. He got crushed um, towards the end of that ball game. So they might be down their, their second best pass rusher. But, Tom, that, that offense, I mean, it, it needed to stay healthy in order to continue to have success. I mean, Joe Flacco – probably should have had six seven turnovers yesterday he got away with three. he did he got away with uh with only giving up three the bears man they are uh they are something else i mean i've never seen a team with with the talent that they have continue to just make stupid mistakes over and over and over and coaching mistakes Who? i mean the bears Oh, the, the Bears. Yeah, yeah, the, they they are yeah, the, one yeah, of the yeah. worst coach teams in the NFL. I mean, what what are we doing using a, a nose tackle covering Ninjoku on one of the final yeah, plays of the game? Right. That's I right. mean, that's utter crap. Yeah. What are we doing? He's yeah. been burning you all day. And then <sighs> Justin Fields, man. I the the offense and people want to give Justin Fields some some like some leverage here, like oh he doesn't have a whole lot around him. Well, he also doesn't make a lot of great decisions either. Um, there are two things can be true. The offense can be terrible, and your quarterback can also suck. I think he's great. No, nah, I'm sure you do. I'm <laughs> sure you do, Trace. I think you love the fidget spinner. But the, the Bears, I'm, I'm just tired of talking about this Bears team. Until, Ooh, until, they, until they completely. Yeah. You can send us 40 texts about the Bears, about how great they are, and that they're so close, and all this stuff. And then, I never and said lose, any of that in You those said texts. this Bears, I have texts that you say this Bears team's really close. This Bears team's pretty close. It's all the yeah, defense like is really close. Material. It's it's. I said well, that the Bears defense is like one player away from being a good defense, but the whole offense is terrible. They need to completely start from scratch on the offense. Listen, completely me, start from scratch. Me and Trace will 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 yell at each other about Jake Browning and Joe Burrow slander, and we'll we'll scratch our vocal cords doing that. But when it comes to the Chicago Bears, me and me and Trace, we team up. We team up and just laugh. It was like the middle of the third quarter. I think the the Browns, Joe Flacco, threw an absolutely inexcusable pick. I mean, it was a terrible throw, one of his 30 terrible throws that he had yesterday. <laughs> and 
I, I sent a text because the Bears go up 17-7. to 7. I was like, this absolutely feels like a game that the Bears are going to lose because they dominated that game to that point. And things just kind of trickle yep. on down and kind of trickle on down. Casey's telling me how the Bears are going to make the NFC Championship game. Oh, my and God. And things are just no, keep trickling down, trickling down. <laughs> this is just crazy. Saw it from a mile away, and they lost. It's The, the Bears are a funny, funny franchise. That was a franchise off, uh, for those that are wondering, yesterday. <laughs> if you didn't get a chance to see it, the Bears were trying to be the Bears, and the Browns were trying to be the Browns. That's and they right. were both just trying like hell. <laughs> right. They were just trying to see That's who well could out-franchise the other one. And boy, let me tell you, the Bears, they came out on top against the Browns. So congratulations <laughs> to the Chicago Bears. Very true. They, but, are, uh, they are quite the franchise. But you have NFL. to give it up to the Brownies. How much of that is uh, Deshaun Watson, what you just said earlier? And I, I'm not taking anything away from what the Browns have done. It, it, the fact that they have that much uh, talent or that much money that's uh, dead cap, if you want to call it that, on the IR – um, how much of that is Deshaun Watson and, the, and the, how much he takes up? I would wonder. Well, I'm not, it, there's no doubt. Not that we have to figure that yeah, out, but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying that yeah. that statistic seems a little overblown well, when you pay a guy you that much. Well, but you look at some of the guys that they have out. I mean, you're talking about a couple of starting offensive linemen. You're talking about guys that are playing hurt like Garrett. And, and look, everybody around the league's playing hurt. But Delphit has been one of the best safeties in the league this year. He just got a big contract extension, and now he's out for the year. Um, four quarterbacks. You know, look, I, and I said it, I used the example earlier. Just think about that for a minute. If you're a Cleveland fan and you're waking up on Monday morning here today and you're 9-5 and five and you had Watson start four, the guy you were counting on being the franchise guy, you bring in P.J. Walker, okay? He does whatever he does. You bring in Dorian Thompson-Robinson for four starts. And then off the scrap heap, you bring in a guy that nobody else in the league brought in as a backup in Flacco. And he's winning games. And right now, you don't have a playoff spot clinched, but you are banging on that door. Their next win is their 10th win. And we're talking about the Bengals getting in with 10 wins. They need two more of those. Tom, can, can we, can we uh, do something for the chat? I think the chat wants to talk about the math that we're using on the you, – you've brought up this Bears stat where they've had four different quarterbacks four, start four games. No, not the Bears. The, or the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah. You said four different quarterbacks have started four games. How many games would that be, Tom? Well, you, you're right. That would not. It, I guess it would be played in. Forgive me. Correct. I said started. Okay. It played in four. The chat was games wondering about the math. So forgive me about that. And, and that's accurate. And that's my Anderson High School math and Ohio University math playing Damn through. Right. But they have played in four or more consecutive games. So yes, thank you very much. Were those paid chats? No, but it looks like we're getting an end table. It looks like we're going to get a table between Ooh. me and uh, Should we, should we and just Ellie? read the chats right now? We've got a yeah, lot. Yeah, let's to read go them right now. All right, let's go ahead. All right, Justin. Justin says five dollars super chat. Finally signed up for Betfred one two hundred this weekend. Best sports book ever. That's right. Wow. That's, That's right. right. Best sports book in the nation. Right. In the people, world. That's what the people are saying. Betfred. Yeah. Ben Riley ten dollars super chat. Jake, you never Careful should have now. effing are cut mad me. About that. Browning to T and Boyd are spectacular combos. Taylor needs to be test tased anytime he believes a trick play is a good idea. Tased? Not, that not, very, they're not that, that is quite play. a suggestion there. Go ahead. <laughs> we don't condone violence. A $5 super chat from it's not violent. Haro towards Reed and Elliott's table fund. We do need a table between us. Drew Garrison with another $5 super chat. Good call, Harrow. Get these guys some tables. Parker Blake, $5 super chat. Reed's side table fund. Elliott's fine without one. <laughs> And then Swaggy Plague with a two-hour super chat for coasters for the new table. Mark Fetters with a $5 for the table. Did he say Mark Fetters? 
This looks like that's yep. going to be there's going to be a Mark table. Mark for $5 oh, dollars got, super chat. We got to go get ourselves table. a table, Tom. We got to get ourselves a little well, table right here. I'll see if I can bring one in from home. If I can fit it in a car, I'll bring in one from you. We got something sitting down there, I'm sure. Um, can I okay. ask a question? I don't know if you guys answered it. I I I, I might have uh, escaped the room. If you're if you were Zach Taylor at the end of that Bengals game, uh, and I'm talking about the T Higgins touchdown, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Would you've gone for two? No way. No. Really? No, no. way. If I'm going to get beat, I'm getting beaten overtime. I'm right. not. I'm not really? getting beat right. on a yeah, field two point conversion. That's it's a playoff. But game. this is a, but this is a point like Trace just made. The defense didn't look great in that game. They were getting yeah. carved up. If it was third and fifteen, you're throwing to T.J. Hawkins and he's wide open down the middle. There was I was I was I was texting all my friends and, and I was watching it live. I'm like, you almost have to go. Maybe maybe if they didn't score it that way, that insane of a catch, and you don't want to ruin that moment. But I think the Bengals, if they went for two, I think it would have been the right call. I just I you do that call. You do the go for two when you are in a team that like, and you could say maybe the Bengals shouldn't have been had the chance to win, but like say the Bengals are just got bullied by the 49ers for 58 minutes and somehow lucked their way into tying it up late in the game. That's when you go for two. Yeah. You go for two when you're not supposed to win the ball game. When you're four point favorites at home, you go into overtime and you try to win there. Yeah, you absolutely kick the field. Yeah, I mean, you cannot, under you any cannot circumstances, you cannot sit down in front of the press and the fans after the game and say, we basically just got eliminated from the playoffs because we decided with uh, however much time was left that we're going to go for two, and we didn't get it, and we just lost by one. There, there's no way you could do it. You get beaten overtime, okay. People can't question you about the, well, you tied it in overtime, and then you got beaten. Okay, it, it happened, right. but, but no way, no way. No you, way you're going for You two. can't go for two. It would be funny, though, if they, if they did go for two, and they looked at Zach, and they say, hey, two-point conversion time. What play we running, coach? <laughs> what play we running? And he goes, "All right, I need to get I need to get Drew Sample, Tanner Hudson, Mitch Wilcox in there. You're gonna yeah. flip it to Tanner. He's gonna flip it to Mitch. Drew, you're then gonna throw it over your head, and hopefully Jake <laughs> Browning or B.J. Hill. Maybe we'll throw B.J. Hill on the offensive side. He'll be in the back corner. No one will see it coming, Tom. But well, my I mean, my, you know, my reasoning was you had three timeouts at that moment. You need to stop in overtime anyway to win this game." If you get the stop, if you get the desired outcome, you would get the ball back. You'd have over a minute left, and that, and then you only need three points again, which is how you win overtime. That was my that was my uh, theory. Okay, all right. I mean, look, you know, I'm sure there's analytics out there that would back up what you're saying, and so you know, it's it, it, those. That's what makes sports so fun to watch. Debatable topics, pitching changes in baseball, whatever matchup, whatever you know, all that stuff. Football, same thing, and and uh, we got Charlie Goldsmith coming up in a few minutes. It made me think of, you just said, though, about the trick play thing, you know, and, and, and I've told this story on the show a number of times, so forgive me if I'm boring you to death, but, you know, I'm having a conversation with Barry Alvarez, who I did gotten to know very, very well, former legendary football coach at Wisconsin, won three Rose Bowls, turned around the whole Wisconsin program, blah, 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 and I, I announced some games with him after he got out of coaching and became an AD at Wisconsin. And he was telling a story one time, we're sitting there about a game they were playing, the all-time leading rusher in the history of the Big Ten by far is not Archie Griffin, believe it or not, who won two Heisman Trophy awards. It's Ron Dean, okay? There was a game they're playing Minnesota, and the first 17 plays from scrimmage is, is what Barry said, and he may not be exact on this, but it's something like this. They turned the ball and they handed the ball off to Ron Dean. And about the 18th play, the offensive coordinator says, and Barry can hear in his headset, they call for any other play besides running Ron Dean. And 
Alvarez jumps in there. He says, we're not doing anything else except for handing the ball to Ron Dane. The second they stop it, we'll try something different. But they ain't stopping it, and we're just going to keep continuing to give the ball to the big fella. He ran for like 320 in the game, and they won. I bring that up because you may have seen the comments after the game yesterday where Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, they were texting after the game. Uh, the story came out about Burrow had the headset on. He would chime in from time to time on all the communication with Callahan and Taylor and all these guys, right, on what plays you're going to call. And Burrow said, look, I don't know when to step in or say. And Zach said, look, if you're talking too much, I'll tell you to shut up. Trust me. Okay, cool. That's good stuff, right? Good open relationship. But it does make you question with some of these calls, whether it's the shovel pass to, uh, you know, Moses after parting the Red Sea, even though he had not even gotten up on the bank yet against Baltimore on the fourth down, right, shovel pass, or whether it was a play yesterday, right, on the third and one, and you asked Tanner Hudson to throw it. Now, w w when Taylor calls that play, he's a visionary. Is there anybody that has the power? The chutzpah, the, you know, the... The gall. The cachet. Anything. The anything to be able to step Fortitude. in and say, hey, hold on a minute. We're, we're really not doing this. Does anybody have that kind of say or power to step up? Brian Callahan and say, Zach, you sure here? You sure here? This is four down territory. We are going for it. If it's fourth and one, if we don't get it on third and one. But then you try this ridiculous play. They officially ruled it a sack, even though he was run out of bounds because it was behind the line of scrimmage and he was trying to throw the ball. And now you got to kick a field goal. I just wonder. Um, it, it'd be nice to hear one day, and, and we're never going to hear it. It would be nice to hear one day how that kind of thing works because I just don't get it. Maybe Charlie Goldsmith knows the answer to this question. Uh, Charlie, can you please explain to me? There's a lot good to talk about. We're going to talk mostly good. But does anybody have enough sort of mm, to stand up and say when Zach Taylor does some of these calls? And look, we've given him all the credit on this show for revamping this offense, changing the style of play with Jake Browning. So a lot of credit goes to him. But, but does anybody ever just say in the headset, Hey, Zach, hold on a minute now. Third down in a yard. Our best call here is really a Tanner Hudson pass attempt. So I couldn't disagree with that play call anymore. We're on the same page here. Okay. Here's how this works. The, the, the Bengals made that decision probably on Tuesday or Wednesday more than they did on Sunday or on Saturday. What happened was on that first drive, they start out with a quarterback sneak kind of by midfield, and that works. And the point they were trying to, to kind of set up was that they would never see the Tanner Hudson pass coming. They went with that because the, the Vikings had gone like 13 quarters without allowing a, uh, a touchdown, and they'd been the suffocating dominant red zone defense, one of the hottest defenses in football in that area. They're thinking, what do we do? we got to throw something crazy at them. So they go with the Tanner Hudson pass. Again, they decided on like Tuesday or Wednesday, the first crack we get, we're going to go with this. Again, bad move. Stick with your power run game that's working. Stick with Jake Browning, which is working. Uh, but again, a lot of these decisions are made in advance, less so from Zach Taylor in the moment saying, hey, let's uh, let's go with the Tanner Hudson pass, just kind of on a whim. We lost Charlie Goldsmith. He will not be able to rejoin us. He is busy down there today. It's a different sort of work week again for the Bengals. 
because of playing on a Saturday again. They get a full week, unlike the short week last week when they played on Sunday, then came back on Saturday. They played last Saturday. They play again this Saturday. I really like Saturday football. I love it. It's fantastic, Tom. It's absolutely fantastic. When, when, when you're playing a lone game at 1 o'clock, on a, well, it's going to be 3 o'clock this Saturday, but last Saturday, 1 o'clock, it's, 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 it's much better. The only reason that they don't play on Saturday is because of college football, but, yeah, it's much better. Incredible. And I think the game's at 4.30 this weekend. It is. I, I, I was, I was double-checking that it is. It, yeah. says, so it says it's at 4.30 on certain schedules, but on the broadcast, Sunday Night Football broadcast last night, they well, said they, the game's going to be played at 3. They must have messed it up. At 3? It's 3 and 7.30 are the two games really? this Saturday. They, they might have just changed that then. They might have just changed that. Hmm. Yeah, but the Saturday is, is fantastic Amazing. to have it, especially this past Saturday because we lucked out in that all, all of those games, obviously the Bengals game and then the other two, uh, had direct sort of, you know, implications, even with four mm-hmm. weeks to go, on what the Bengals' chances were. Um, so here you go this coming Saturday. And you're taking on the Steelers, and we got all week to talk about it. But, you know, we, we brought up earlier, the Steelers have basically, you know, their, their, their playoff percentage is down to 3%. They're still an avenue. It would take a lot of help, clearly. But nothing would make the Steelers happier than to just completely disintegrate the chances of the Bengals getting into the playoffs. The Bengals going into the game are at 34% chance to get in. If they win, it jumps to 65%, or 35% jumps to 64%. So, I mean, now you're starting to really get up there, right, mm-hmm. after this one. So, look, you know, for the Steelers, uncertainty at quarterback. It's been a rough year. Uh, some people are calling for Mike Tomlin's head in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's never had a losing season. He might have one now. They're at 7-7. Seven and seven. But you know they're going to be fired up to play this game. They're, they will show up. They always do. I mean, listen, I know that the, the, the team isn't very good, at least not offensively, but it's a, they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. They still haven't had a losing season since I think the last time that UC beat uh, Xavier in the in the crosstown. Always shoot. comes back to that. But uh, <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it? Zebra. Yeah, it does. Regardless, what a what a turn of events that has happened since the Steelers played the Bengals at Paycor Stadium yeah. just a few weeks ago. They went. They won that game to go to seven and four. They were seven and four. They were then going to welcome the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. So everyone was looking. This Steelers team, who I think everyone knew watching them, don't look very good. We're thinking this team's going to be nine and four. Yep. Going into that game that they just played on Saturday, and it's completely it's completely turned around. And the Bengals have done the complete opposite, yep. right? They lose that game to go to five and six. Bengals season's going to be yeah, oh, it's over. Let's let's start looking at the future. They rattle off three in a row, but you're it's always going to be hard playing. I don't even know what it's called anymore, but the former Heinz Field out there in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a tough game, and I know though the betting lines have have fluctuated before before the Steelers played on Saturday. The Bengals were two and a half point underdogs. They're now two and a half point favorites based on what the Steelers did. So it's still going to be a division game. It's an the AFC North is the toughest division in football, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are no slouch. There's a reason that they have the history of the fan base and um, everything they've done since Mike Tomlin's been there. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Would you say it's tough sledding when you play Pittsburgh? It's tough sledding. <laughs> tough sledding when you play Pittsburgh. And, you know, look, uh, the, you know, it, we joke around about it. I, I quote it all the time. It's not my quote. It's Zach Taylor's quote. He's the guy that said it. 
Uh, you know what you're getting against Pittsburgh. It's going to be tough sled. Well, it ain't been tough sledding for a lot of teams that have played them. It just hasn't. There have been plenty of teams that have run the ball and run the ball effectively. That was a part of the game that disappeared again yesterday. They, they, they forgot that running the ball has been working lately. And they basically abandoned the entire running game. They abandoned the entire running game in basically about the second quarter of that game yesterday. They just forgot about it. Now I, I, don't, I think that's game script, to be fair to them, though. I, 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 I think most people are right saying, let's get this run game and let's get Chase Brown, let's get Joe Mixon uh, involved heavily, right? I want to see more than 10 carries for Joe Mixon. Saying that, when you're down 14 points, it's hard to establish the right. run. Right. You, you got you to you have some pace, especially. Yeah, with- but they weren't down 14 points in the second quarter. Now, they were down 14 points by the time you got to middle of the third. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's fair, I guess. I, I just think, I think you, you're, you're just trying, when you're, when you're playing catch up, you're trying, yeah. you're trying to get there as quick as possible, and you can't do that run of the ball. And maybe, and maybe great, the great teams do, I don't know. But it just seems to me that was a game script issue rather than a, uh, I, I don't want Joe Mixon to have right. the ball. Because early on in the game, they were running the ball. It just wasn't equating points. And maybe – and I – listen, Jake Browning's been great as a Bengal. He has. The first half of that game, he was not great. He was not precise. He had a wide-open touchdown to Charlie Jones. Wide open. Downtown Charlie Jones. That's God guy. forbid you lay out and die for that ball. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it was 10 feet in front of him, to be fair. It wasn't 10 feet in front of him. Oh, it wasn't catchable. It was Do you not, think that ball was catchable? Let replay of that. Please find it. We don't have internet. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Oh, that's right. Well, we do have internet, but it's, uh, it's boy, it is, what a it, it's working really hard off my phone right now. I so mean, we're we even with, on the air we, right we, now. Are we we, we are, we are, but, but when I say we're on the air, Tom, we are barely on the air. We are, what? we are okay. just right. do we, barely do we across the, the Mendoza line. Is? This is like was? Nick, this is like, uh, Nick Senzel or, 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 uh, Kevin Newman coming out in the bottom of the ninth as your only <laughs> pinch hitter that you got left. It is. Something's better than nothing, Tom, but by God, here Those we are. Those guys did okay against lefties. You beat them down. They did okay. <laughs> That's right. Right. Did, uh, I was against I'm a lefty reliever. They did there. all right. I'm the only one that, you know, toots the, the horn of Kevin Newman and Nick Senzel around here. And all these other guys, they, they bash them. Just bash them. Is Newman Henry on Ramos the team, or is he still officially on the team? Uh, uh, he was cut. He was. He's not on the team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, he's not going to get picked up either. He'll get oh, picked up. Uh-oh. Looks like we got internet again. He'll get picked hey. up. He will get picked up. My Spectrum Wi-Fi. Thanks, Spectrum. I'm not hey. going to I'm not going to go on another Spectrum rant, Tom. Well, you you're getting ready to. Here's the thing. Spectrum is worthless. Whoever created it, worthless. They've provided no service, nothing to America. They took football away from me for the first 3 weeks of this season, Tom, and I will never forget it. Then they have the gall. They have the, uh, they have the audacity to make our internet in this room not work four times. Four times every week. Every week this thing happens. It was down for 15 minutes. We had 400 people watching the show live. Nope. Not to Spectrum. It's all about Spectrum. Spectrum News. Who cares about Spectrum? You talk about news. Spectrum News sucks. <laughs> That half-ass, that half-ass weatherman they throw out there at midnight for Spectrum News. Get out of here. Boy, why are you, why? Uh, oh, it's okay. because we're trying can to run I, a show, I Tom. You a no, we're trying to run a show, and Spectrum decides, oh, we're, they're trying to run an internet show. Let's take away their internet. Let's see how they fare. It doesn't work that way, Tom. 
We went from almost 400 people to now down to a buck 50. Yeah, well, now nobody cares. We're trying to, we're trying to build a business here. Spectrum hates small businesses. They hate us. That's true. <laughs> that is true. They hate us, Tom. Hate the little guy. Well, well, let me ask you, though. Yeah. Uh, because Nick suggested that Spectrum was giving serious consideration to sponsoring off the bench beginning in 2024. Yeah. That perhaps in the last number of minutes has changed. Um, I'm curious, though, if you were spending money your household to have Spectrum. Yeah. A lot of options out there. There are. And, and I'll be exercising you that option. Three weeks. And I'll be exercising that option real soon. Are well, we even live? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. You can't have it both ways, Elliot. My thing's you not working again. You can't beat down the man if you're supporting the man and paying the man. So after one week, you could have said, you know what? I'm going to fill in the blank. I'm going to Alta Fiber. I'm going to YouTube TV. I'm going to Direct TV. Going to whatever you want to go to, right? Yet yeah. you sat on the sideline, sent them a check every month, right? Right? For three weeks while you didn't have any football. And then you continue to pay them now for the last 15 weeks supporting them. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, I, I tried to give them. I tried to give them my business, Tom, and they and and, and they spit failed. Spit in your me. face. They spit. They in your spit face. right on me, Reed. Spit in your face. Spit in my mouth. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what they did to me. I was looking at them straight. I had puppy dog eyes, and they spat on me. That's spectrum for you. <laughs> Trying to talk about football and spectrums messing it up. Surprised they don't have one of those college football bowl games. <laughs> the Spectrum Bowl presented by failure. That's what they do, Tom. They incite failure. Who would play in the Spectrum Bowl? Nobody. If there was a no, North, no, non-bowl you know, North teams. Texas and Memphis. It would be North Texas and Memphis, and there'd be a lot of money on it. There'd be a lot of money on it. Speaking of having a lot of money on something, I had a lot of money on the Cowboys yesterday. What a fraudulent program. Why would you do that? What a fraudulent franchise Why the Dallas Cowboys are. I tried. I tried to believe in Sean Spurlock's Cowboys. I tried to do it. I live bet them when they were down by 30. I live bet them again. I live bet them all the way home. And it didn't work. None of it ever works. These Cowboys suck. Dak Prescott's the biggest fraud in the world. He is a top 10 quarterback, barely. Barely. Would you want Dak Prescott as your quarterback? No, I'd rather have Jake Browning. Jake Browning's better than Prescott. I look at Lamar Jackson. There's people oh who still, there's still, there's people who slander Lamar Jackson out there. They have the audacity to slander Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson rushes for 100 yards, throws for 250, and, and all he does is win. And you look at Dak Prescott, that guy can't throw a football. Can't do it. Three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Yeah, they, they Some guy named there. James That's Cook right. rushed for 600 yards. I tell you what, that dude looked like the best player in the league. He yesterday. did. He really did. That's a draft pick there. He did. Man, is that dude good. Only mistake he made was dropping that one ball that would have been a touchdown. Two plays later, he got a touchdown anyway. That dude is unbelievable. But I said a little while ago, fellas, and I'm telling you, I really believe this. Maybe you disagree. If I'm an AFC playoff contender, man, and I'm one of those top teams, Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami, I'm saying to myself, man, the last two teams I want in the playoffs are the Bengals and the Bills. I think they're because those two teams can beat anybody right now. I still believe, and I and I know Reed disagrees with me. I think the AFC is more open right now than it's ever been. I think the winner of the the, the two teams playing the AFC championship game, I would bet that they might be wild card teams. I wouldn't be a surprise. I, can, I mean, I could see the Bengals going in and winning two playoff road games. 
three. They did it two years yep. ago. I could right. see him doing it again. I mean, do, do you really think if you looked at the Bengals against fill in the blank, they're getting ready to play Kansas City in two weeks. Do you honestly believe they can't beat? I'm not saying they're going to beat them. But you don't look at that game and you go, oh, man, <laughs> zero chance. I mean, Flacco, could you see Flacco rolling into Baltimore, right? He's from there. He's played there, took him to a Super Bowl title. Yep. All of a sudden, they're running the ball a little bit. He makes a couple of plays. Their defense finds a way to shut down Lamar, which they historically have done very, very well. I mean, can you not see Cleveland maybe being able to beat Baltimore? Could you not see Buffalo rolling into Miami? And they're going to play in three weeks. Could you not see Buffalo rolling into Miami and kicking their tail all over the field? Allen gets it cranked up. They run the ball for 260, 270 yards in a game. Yep. Absolutely. At 100%. And, I, and, and here's the craziest part. Even, even the teams like I, the Colts, you can you can say whatever you want about the Colts, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, the Steelers had one of the dirtiest hits of the season. Yeah, no doubt about when, it. When he nose dived at Michael uh, at Michael Pittman Jr. Yep. When he was trying to make a catch, I think that a team like the Colts can beat a team like Indy. I, or, or sorry, a team like the Colts can beat a team like uh, Miami. I, I I think there I think there's parity all around the AFC right now, and, and and like Tom said, it starts with Buffalo and it starts with Cincinnati. Houston with C.J. Stroud, we we write off Houston right now. They just beat the they just beat the uh, the Titans without a quarterback and without their best receivers. So yeah, I, the AFC is incredible right now. I agree. On the other hand, you cannot see under no. any form or fashion. I can't anyway. Maybe you guys can. There is no way Minnesota could go to San Francisco and win a playoff game. Zero. Percent. And if that were to by the grace of God somehow happen, they're not going to go the next week and beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. There yeah. are there are three, there are three serious NFC teams, and that's and that's given given some credence to, uh, I guess maybe four if you count the Lions and the Cowboys, but the NFCs it's it is what it is. There's teams at the top, and then everybody else just falls by the wayside. I listen. You say that the the AFC is wide open, like it's a good thing. That means it's tougher, right? Sure. That means it's tougher because any team can do it. I I I just looked up to see the last time that an AFC wildcard team had even made the 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 conference championship game, and I don't. It's it's. Well, been the Bengals four, did two years ago. Oh were, no, they were division champions. They had division to play on the road. Correct. That's right. That's right. My bad. My bad. Right. right. And then the year before that, yeah, it's been division champs um, playing in that game for for quite some time. Tom, we talk. You don't. You don't like it, and I understand why a lot of people don't like it. Bringing up things of the past and what the Bengals have done in the past, but this season has a very similar trajectory to what happened two years ago. Yep. The Bengals were six and or seven and six going into a game that they win, right? To get to eight and six. They then play uh, an up and down division team. They played the Ravens back in 2021. We played the Steelers this week. Then the final two weeks of the year, knowing you have to win one of the games, you got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns, who heaven forbid that final game of the year is a winner take all to get into the postseason. So there's so many similar things back to 2021. It's it's hard not to bring up how similar this team looks, or the, at least the path looks, compared to where it was two years ago. Yeah. I mean, somebody said in the chat, Cleveland's going to get hammered in their first game. What, what makes somebody think that's going to happen? If you go back and look, they lost two, two games early in the season. 
They have since beaten the San Francisco 49ers playoff team. They've beaten the Colts playoff team. They've beaten the Ravens best record in the, in the conference. They've beaten the Steelers who, when they beat them, were a playoff team. They lost to Denver who, when they played them, was a playoff team. They beat the Jaguars playoff team, right? I mean, they've lost three times since October. I mean, it's not to say they can't lose their first game, but I mean, come on. They, no, the, 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 these, these AFC wildcard teams, while imperfect, there's no doubt about it, right? But there is no perfect team in the AFC right now. There may not be in football. 49ers look like they're pretty close to it, right? We thought the Eagles were until two weeks ago. Now they got to play tonight. But, I mean, come on. These AFC wildcard teams are going to be good, solid Tough teams to beat. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, I can't believe that the AFC postseason is not going to have Josh Allen or the Cincinnati Bengals yep. in it. And here we are a couple weeks later. They still both could miss the postseason. That's that's not a that's yep. not a done deal. But, yeah, and, and, and you mentioned who wants to play the Bills right now. No one's playing oh. better. No one's playing better football than them. The, the Cleveland Browns, if you take away everyone's starting quarterback in the AFC, who has a, who has a better built roster – than the Cleveland Browns. That's that's no one, right? No one. The the Chiefs don't. The Bills maybe are close. No, the Bills don't. No. I, I think you're right. I think it's it's it's, it's the Cleveland Browns. That's why they spent so they spent so much capital and money to get Deshaun Watson because they knew they were a quarterback away from from doing great things. But they're still a dang good team. Without, I mean, you you mentioned it. Four different starting quarterbacks this year. Stefanski's yeah. going to be the coach of the year. That's the best roster quarterback exclusion in the AFC. And, and, not, and not to mention, they've changed their identity entirely. They are a pass-first team now. I, I mean, maybe that's Joe a good Flacco's thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. And maybe Joe Flacco is not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's cert certainly serviceable. Amari Cooper and David Njoku are getting more action than they've gotten all year on, under Joe Flacco. That's right. Uh, I, and no, this is no knock on Jerome Ford. I, I just think right now they're, they're certainly trying to pass the ball more. And maybe it's because Ford hasn't been as effective as, as he was earlier. Uh, Kareem Hunt certainly is, is not what he used to be. But, yeah, I think, I think the Browns, I think they could beat just about anybody in the NFL. They're so under, in, the chat, this week, yeah. uh, in the chat again, I mean, Brian B. continues to pound on Flacco, says there's no way Flacco's winning a playoff game. Joe Flacco in his career is 10-5 and five in the playoffs. Now, you can say, well, he played for a much better Baltimore team, you know, back in those days when he led them to five straight playoff appearances his first five years in the league like Andy Dalton did. Difference being, Flacco in the playoffs, won games, 10-5. and five. Perfect? No. Perfect now? No way. There were times yesterday he looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But when it mattered the most, there he was again. Great fourth quarter. You can say, oh, it's against the Bears. Who cares? Well, I mean, I don't think Minnesota is that much better than the Bears after watching that team with Mullins at quarterback, and he threw for three hundo. I agree. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the whole Dallas thing, though, sort of shifting over to them for a minute. You know, guys, you really got to – I mean, you know, Stephen A. Smith has made a living killing Dallas, mm -hmm. right? And he lights them up at every turn. And he took a beating here these last five weeks and all that kind of thing because they were playing well. We talked about it at the time. They were beating, you know, New England, and they were beating the Commanders, and they were beating, you know, saying so you're just like, come on. I mean, yeah, who are? But no one's had an easier schedule than that. But they're scoring 40 points a game. 
They're averaging over 300 yards passing per game. All number one, both of those number one in the NFL over the last five, and they have the best record in the NFL of the last five, undefeated. And look, they played great against Philadelphia, but I can't remember who was announcing the game. It may have been Collinsworth, I think it was, on Sunday Night Football last week, was saying, look, there is definitely something different about watching the Dallas Cowboys. When they're playing at home and the weather conditions are perfect and the turf and they're fast and their speed and all this kind of stuff. Well, now all of a sudden you got to go somewhere and mix it up with somebody who's going who's gonna to hit you. On the road, weather, rainy, crummy, right? Now, could they go to San Francisco and play, play on a fast track and win a game against the Niners even though they got blown out of the gym earlier this year against the Niners? Maybe they could. You see them going to Philly and beating Philly on a crappy weather day? In January, snowing like crazy. Could it happen? Of course it could happen. But, man, I mean, that team, and it's only one game. We don't want this to be an overreaction right. deal. Things it's only, happen in the NFL. It's only one game. But, man, they had their teeth kicked in yesterday. Never in the game. They yeah, were never in the game. They, they just, just pounded it right down their throat. And, you know, it's funny about the Dallas Cowboys. You talk about them going on the road and, and having to win tough games. They go on the road again this week against another AFC playoff team, and they're underdogs again, which is which is like that. You want to talk about the battle of uh, the quote-unquote quote frauds, it's the Dallas Cowboys playing in Miami, and the Dolphins are favored by two points. So it's going to be another game. It's, it's, I don't know what to expect from either one of those teams at this point, but since we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, at times they look like the best team in the league, but it's against bad teams. Yep. And I've always said that I will continue to think about franchises what their past has shown me until they overcome it. I'll think that about the Dallas Cowboys until Dak Prescott gets over that hump. I'll think that they're, they're just going to do the same thing. They just beat up on everybody, get in the postseason, play a tough team, and lose. I'll think that about the Detroit Lions until I see them overcome what, what, no they, doubt. what they've been their entire. And, I, and, and on the inverse, I'll think that about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Until I see the Pittsburgh Steelers go 4-13, and I'm going to think that they're going to be a tough game every time you play That's them. That's fair. they got a track record. you got to have right. a track record. Although you still ride that Jacksonville. We're going to take a timeout here since we didn't take one at 11. Because i got to ask you, are you, were you getting ready to do weather today? We this has a, been one of the oddest weather days I can ever remember. We do have a weather. Okay. Well, why don't you jump up and take care of that? All right. Let me go outside. Uh, we still got 30 minutes. Oh, you're going outside? Yeah, I'm going to run outside real quick. All right. Well, we'll allow him to do that and get outside. Um so, look, uh, I want to get into UC a little bit basketball. I know this yeah. is all a Bengals Monday, but I want to get into some UC basketball at some point in time here over the last half hour because I have been, uh, and, and, you know, not like all in, but I, I've been kind of like liking at various points in time, even last year when they didn't make the tournament and they played in the, you know, American Athletic Conference, whatever it's called, uh, they've continued to play strong, played well. They competed against the likes of Houston last year down the stretch and all those kinds of things. And you sort of liked the direction that UC was going. I have to tell you, uh, these last two games, after playing a total power powder puff schedule to start the year, to go 7-0, and these games against a very mediocre Xavier team, Xavier fans don't want to hear it, very mediocre, Xavier team. Very mediocre. Dayton? Dayton ain't bad. And they've played, some, like Xavier, they've played some tough out-of-conference teams to get ready for these kinds of games. And, I mean, you see they had the height advantage against both Xavier and against uh, Dayton. 
They didn't take advantage of it. That's coaching. They didn't take advantage of it. And they don't have anybody that you can count on make, making threes. What were they, three for 15 again the other day after shooting 18% in the game against Xavier? I don't care if they make threes against Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, they brought in some high-profile players to knock down jump shots and knock down threes. And guys ain't doing it against teams that are pretty good. I mean, Dayton owned UC on Saturday. They owned them, including the crowd. Did you hear the chants in the crowd? You were there. I was there. It, it was. I, I thought you were going outside. Yeah, I'm outside. I'm outside. I'll go outside in a second. I, I, I mean, was, goodness gracious, Reed. I was. The guy's I, trying to get outside. You got to turn to him and ask him a question. He's trying to get out the I'm door. Trying to get outside. Am I missing something here? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, sometimes you. Wonder. I mean, my God. I. I feel like I'm coaching Tom. basketball again. I was. Didn't at, you just that is throw my, it to the, him the, and throw the, it in the stands? The, We're wearing white. The other team's wearing red. <laughs> We're wearing white. Throw it to them. That's right. I was at the game, uh, and I'm going to say it was the loudest basket, college basketball atmosphere I've ever been a part of. The single loudest game I've ever, I've ever been. Really? It was insane. And it was all Dayton. It was all Dayton. Now, there, were, there was a decent amount of UC fans. There was, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the total attendance for that game was. It was well over 10,000. It had to be. It felt like it, at least. No, it was, it was almost 13,000 was, was the announced crowd. I was going to say, it was, it was insane, Tom. Dayton was, Dayton was cheering, standing up after every single basket. UC was abysmal. Defensively and offensively, they looked lost. Victor Locken hasn't been the same in quite some time. You got Simos Lukosius. God love him. He was drilled by a car in Clifton, but he hasn't been the same since he hit that windshield. We're looking around the rest of the roster. Jizzle James is still getting outplayed by Day-Day Thomas. I think Jizzle's far better than Day-Day. Uh, at this point, you got to start putting them in together. Other than that, Aziz, uh, Aziz is great. If we don't have Aziz, this team doesn't get rebounds, Tom. They don't get rebounds. The guy's seven feet tall. He gets all the rebounds in the world. Now, yep. he can't score. That's unfortunately the defect there is that you play elite defense. Sometimes you don't have everything. Uh, he doesn't have the offensive side of the game handled down. But he, but he scores enough. But he scores enough. He scores, And he gets to the free throw line, Tom. Uh, he, he didn't have a good free throw day, uh, certainly at, at, at U.S. Bank or whatever the hell it's called now, Heritage Bank. Um, but, no, it's, it's bad. I, I can't defend UC anymore. I, I can't do it. They look lost. C.J. Frederick has, has been a non-factor. Non-factor. He plays 20 minutes, and if he doesn't hit a three, what 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 is what has he done? What have we accomplished there? Dan Skillings. I go. To, I look at Dan Skillings. That guy's been lost for three weeks. Whatever happened to Dan Skillings, I don't know, but he's lost it. I I I I I'm 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 dead. I don't know. I look at this UC team, and I'm dead. Yeah, I mean, you sit there and you look at some of you bring up a good point. You look at some of the substitution patterns. Skilling. You know, look, he might be struggling, but the guy's got to play. He, he has to play. Something. He, does. he attacks the basket. He's not afraid. James looks to me like the best player on the team already. 100%. I mean, without a doubt. And how in the world he is not getting minutes. It doesn't have to be in place of Day-Day Thomas. But you're right. I mean, how long does it take before you say, okay, I'm going to start playing them together? Now, maybe Wes Miller's saying, I know what we got coming up against some of these teams in the, in the Big East. I mean, in the Big 12. And by the way, the Jameel uh, Reynolds decision. I was stunned. I was stunned. He came to the conclusion, and at the end of the day, it was his call. Yay, yeah, talked to Wes Miller. Yay, yeah, talked to the coaching staff. Yay, yeah, talked to his family. But for those of you that weren't with us last night or last week, 
The NCAA, after that temporary restraining order, was issued for 14 days in West Virginia. It made every two-time transfer male or female athlete immediately eligible. The NCAA comes out and says, that's fine. But if, if you come back and play during this 14-day TRO, you will lose your eligibility for the rest of this year if we win this thing in court. So Jameel Reynolds made the decision, I'm coming back, which means if he sits out this game and until the 27th of December, I think it is, when the NCAA will be able to make this call here, by him coming back, if the NCAA wins this thing, that's it for Jameel Reynolds. You'll watch him play one or two games as a Cincinnati Bearcat, and you will not see him again because his final year, which would be next year if he sat out this year, his final year of eligibility, gone by playing in those one or two games. So uh, Elliot made it outside. Can we go there? Yep. Let's, All right, let's get out there. It's been a weird weather day. Uh, we got some ad reads, and we got the last 20 minutes of the show, talk a little bit about UC and whatever else might be on the fellas' minds in here. So let's go to Elliot outside here in Hamilton. Yep. All right, how's everybody doing? Good morning. Listen, I had to go outside and do a live weather. It's a beautiful fall day. This is the day, hold on. This is the day you dream of when you think about the fall. Listen, oh my God, listen. Everybody go outside right now, frolic in this great snow. Christmas is here. There's no chance, and I give you a 0.0% chance that my 2003 Chevy Impala is gonna be able to make it home in this. Zero percent chance. Listen, I'm trying my best. The weather is great. Everybody go outside. Take a, take a frolic in this. This is fall. This is fall. This isn't winter. This is, this is fall. Everybody go outside. Have a great day. Weather. Merry. Thanks, Elliot. It was about to end. That was the end of the video. That was the end. Into yeah. the live shot or a live camera feed yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, we're about to. Uh, the camera is about to die. That's we, why. Was... First of all, can we? Um, now that we need to talk about this for a great length of time, but I, I do not think of this as the fall. Clearly, clearly, this is going to be the argument against the people that like fall weather because when people are like, "Fall isn't great," they're going to point to the days like today. I've just already when the leaves fall off the trees, it's winter. I don't care what the calendar says. That's just what my brain says. Also, I would also think is when is the, the when we the can, time gets set back, um, and it gets dark at like five o'clock, and then everybody just brutal. naturally gets depressed because that's just I mean it's it's a reasonable thing to do. Um, that is not the fall anymore to me. I, that is the winter. I just wanted to can, when I say I love fall, I, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. We can we can do that. We can do that. But then fall is only three weeks long. Like if we, we the, the fall that you guys imagine happens for a total of three weeks, and it's beautiful, it's fantastic. But if that's the fall season, then the fall season's three weeks long. Summers summers five months, winter's six months, and then we get I, we get three weeks of fall and three weeks of spring. So you're telling okay me October, November is is, I mean we're at December twenty what is this eighteenth? Yeah, the eight, fall yeah, the technically 18th. starts from September twenty first to December twenty first. That that is the fall season. Yeah. Summers from June to September. Winters from December to March. Well, as soon as this, as soon as the time gets set, then I officially like to declare that it is winter. Okay, they should change that. 
I agree. I agree. Okay. I think I think it's actually okay that falls only what in your mind three weeks because you're falling quick. I mean, it goes from <laughs> it goes from summer fall really fast, then boom, you're in winter already. Right, which I is mean, why, which is what I always argue with people. Like the the thing that people like about fall is beautiful. It's the best weather, right? When it's sixty degrees. You yeah. know, the, the fall, it's beautiful outside, the, the colors of the trees and everything like that. Absolutely amazing. That happens for three weeks. Tops. It's, it, it's, not, it's 85 degrees when fall starts, and it's 10 degrees in snow and when it ends. <laughs> so, like, what are we talking about with fall? It well, I guess that begs the question, you know, would you rather win one Super Bowl and have the Super Bowl championship and win it all and have five losing seasons right in a row after that or would you rather just have, you know, a couple AFC championship games here and there, and that's the end of that? Because that's what you get in the summer. Summer's fantastic. I mean, summer, it doesn't even... But I would like to venture the fall as a Super Bowl championship at times. They certainly look like it. They're the Dallas Cowboys. They certainly they look really good. They look really good sometimes. But well, when push yeah. comes to shove, what they... A disrespectful they, comparison. They, 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 they dwindle. Before we move on, uh, let me do the ad reads real quickly. Let's hear them, Casey. Encore Technologies. Yes. Yes, Encore. Um, Get your technology solutions from Encore. Yep. Are that, we getting ours from Encore? No, 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 no. no. Drink lots of Pawnee water. Visit PawneeWater.com. Productivity. Bet with Betfred Sportsbook. Drink right. lots of coffee from UDF. And that's our ad rates. And, I, and, and wait, wait, we got a lot of super chats to fill in here. Oh, we do? Uh, yeah, we got, we got quite a bit here. So we have... I think I think we started for with Swaggy. Let's start with Swaggy Plague here. One ninety nine uh, for better internet. Thank you. Two dollars will be going to better internet in my lawsuit against Spectrum. Wi Fi uh, for Wi Fi. Mark Fetters. Thank you very much. That's two dollars super chat for Mark. Uh, Justin Edgel says uh, Flacco has what lots don't a ring. That's a fair point. Mm. That's a fair point. And then Swaggy Plague again. Couple bucks for snow chains for the Impala. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will use utilize that tonight. Do you look at it like you've made it through this far without the heat working and you're kind of like, I'm going to be okay? Or are you good sensing question. like the proverbial question. calm before the storm that you know what's really coming? Well, here, here's the deal. Um, it, to, and to a certain degree, yes, I've kind of got, gotten it figured out. If you expect misery, your brain kind of is, is trains your body that's like, yeah, this is going to be hell. Which is ironic because it's... As cold as an icebox when I get in my car every morning. But I did go to the shop uh, on Thursday of last week oh. or Friday. I, I put the car in, and um, it's fixed for now. I had heat this morning. Nice. What if I, I mean, I know what you guys feel now when you drive to work every day. It was, it was a magical feeling. <laughs> I could have toasted a marshmallow right there on my, on my dashboard, but I didn't. Um, but it, here's the thing about this. They fix it, and I know how these shops work. They'll fix that, and I'll know in three days it'll be gone. And I'll have to go right back to him and pay him another hundred bucks, and then it's—I'll have it for another three days, and then it's gone again. It's like my gambling retirement, Tom. It's—it's uh, it's never really permanent. Okay. All right. But yeah, you are right. Maybe I have—I have blankets in there now, just in case. Okay. Is there anything you guys want to get into here the last 15 minutes of our show? What did I miss? My what I missed was was had had something to pertain to the, the UC basketball. So I don't know if we want to do the what yeah. I missed or if we want to talk Absolutely. about UC basketball or what do you whatever. Go ahead. Or, go ahead. If that's who your, who, what did, who you do you want to start it, Casey? You're, I feel like talking. you're the you're the leader. You start. You're good. You go you go first. Sure. Well, here's the thing. I, I know that everybody sits around here and acts as if, 
you know, this is a great certain sports town. And it, it is. And it is. There are times in which you can't deny that Reds baseball on opening day presents unbelievable kind of fan loyalty. Uh, I had the um, honor would be maybe a strong term. I don't want to be disrespectful here. But I, I did live in Dayton for about 10 years of my life, right, when mm -hmm. I got out of school. And I came to realize that Dayton basketball was a very, very, very – uh, proud thing that that Daytonians were proud about yep. and you know when you move back you you hear about how you know you see it's it's a great it's a great program right a lot of history and Xavier certainly uh, they have there is no one and I mean no one that has a better fan base in Ohio for college basketball than Dayton does mm -hmm. they've been given less and they've and they've and they've done more for their program than any other fan base that I can recall and it is, a, it is a little bit of a shame, if you think about it, about how their team, their best team that they've had, maybe of all time, and I guess you could go back into the late, you know, in the 50s and things of that nature and say, well, they won, a, they won an NIT championship or they won a national championship. I have no idea if they did. But it got taken away because of COVID, right? They would have been a number one seed. Yep. They had a top pick in the draft, uh, Obi Toppin, that could have possibly led them to a NCAA championship, and if nothing else, maybe a Final Four. And they got that taken away from them. They travel all over the place. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but obviously Deron Holmes talked about the fact that if they went into Antarctica, they know that they were going to be there to support them. And it is a little bit, I would call, um, and I'm not trying to demean the fans of UC, but I've been, I've been to a couple of UC basketball games, That's and sad. I came away what I would call unimpressed because ultimately they were playing a top 10 team in Houston when I went. And I know it's wealthy area over there across the court. UC is going to have to make a change at Fifth Third Arena, in my opinion, when they, when they get into the Big 12, if they want to compete with the rest of the Big 12 when it comes to atmospheres. Because having the wealthy people and having all those champion club seats at courtside and all those things are nice and fancy, and that's great. And maybe it's good for boosters and all those things. But the atmosphere that I felt inside that arena has been not average. Maybe I'll call it average. But I just wanted to say, it should be a little embarrassing that you have a team from Dayton that comes down and they take up 70% of your arena. And you have a guy that's sitting over there earlier today that said it's the loudest arena he's ever been in. And it's not even a home game for UD. It's not even a home game at Dayton Arena. It's, it's an away game yep. in Cincinnati. And who are they playing? Oh, they're playing Cincinnati. Yep. And it's the loudest arena that my man's heard over there. And he's also been in Fifth Third Arena. It's it, and it's tough and, and Trace is right. Maybe they are the best fan base in Ohio. I have been to that stadium and it's a it's a phenomenal. It's an arena. arena. It's it's a phenomenal. Will you let me correct myself? I heard it the first time. I was gonna make a smooth transition into arena, but now we have to sit here and take ten seconds to discuss my error. It is a great arena. I've been there for the first four. I love the first four. I love March Madness, so it it was awesome. And Trace is right. UC fans didn't show up. I I mean I'm gonna be honest. They didn't show up. If if that arena is 75% Dayton fans. And it's ten minutes from Clifton. We got an issue. We got a big. We got a big time issue here. Um, but look, I, I, I don't know where to go with UC. I think I still think they're a decent team. I really do. I think if they play up to their potential, I think they will be in, in the tournament. I firmly believe that. It's just gonna. It's just an uphill battle now. When that conference, when those conference games start, Tom, it is going to get brutal fast. They start six games. Five of them are ranked. Five of those teams are ranked. Yep. I think three or four on the road. So it's it's going to be a rude awakening, and and I'm not going to blame Wes Miller for this for this schedule. Uh, these schedules are made well in advance. 
And, and if I had to take a guess, they knew what was coming with the Big 12. So they're like, let's get the home, let's get the home team a couple of wins playing Merrimack and Florida Gulf Coast and yep. God knows whoever the hell. But they are clearly not ready for teams that are good. And, and that's and that's been shown. Xavier, by all means, they are a decent team, but they are not world beaters out there. They are not. And UC didn't come prepared for that game at all. Dayton, essentially at home, you lose by almost 20. Can't happen. Do you think, Tom, this question for you maybe, do you think at some point that, that John Cunningham is on the hot seat? Well, he's got to be. I mean, at what point do we, sat, do we sit around and say, this guy's made two two big decisions? Not, I mean, well, the two hallmark big decisions. The two biggest. The two biggest decisions you could possibly make at a yep. university as an athletic director. And uh, and I still think Wes has, has a chance. So I'm, I'm, I'm yep. But if he does struggle this year and even next year, and Satterfield goes out and wins three games again, what do you do? I know. I hear you. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, look, and we got all winter to talk about UC basketball and, and, and what's in store for him, uh, meaning Cunningham, what's in store for Wes Miller, what's in store for the football program after this year. And look, nobody's going to say fire Satterfield now. I mean, you got to give the dude some time. Uh, but things better change pretty quick. All right, Reed, you got a uh, – what did I miss here today, big boy? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's hard to miss. Listen, I, I started thinking after watching that Bengals game on Saturday, and I thought about um, how happy our head coach must get because, you know, when they're preparing for the week, when they're out at the either the bubble or on the practice field, and he, he, he draws up these plays, he's got to be grinning ear to ear – because he knows, hey, we're gonna we're gonna just flip it on over to Tanner Hudson. He's gonna throw it to Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And they're gonna drop back to pass, and no one's gonna see it coming. And look at this play. I mean, when he called that play third and one, he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> it's the third time they've done a trick play, and it hasn't worked. And I have a solution to why it doesn't work. They're not reversing it enough. The two reverses isn't enough, Tom. They've got to go for a triple. You're right. They got to try it again, and I can't wait. Isn't it's going to come open? up against the Cleveland Browns, and we're gonna. It's going to be the season on the line, final play of the game, and we're going to do a quadruple reverse. We upped it one more time. Four reverses into a pass. It's going to be the greatest play ever. We got to keep trying it, Tom. Everyone hates the trick plays. We got to keep doing I it. I do. I'm still looking for Edwin Edwin Moses down there, the former great Dayton sprinter. On that fourth down shovel pass. Actually, kind of, again. Against the Ravens. Actually, kind of looks like uh, Jake Browning actually could have maybe caught that and ran. Well, he was wide open. Touch. Yeah, he wide was wide open. open. I yeah. thought that too, but if you if you want to run it again, uh, I actually do think there's a, there's a lineman or something that there is one standing could have picked him off. Maybe it's it's there was questionable at best. It would have taken the last pass, time he snuck it. It's going to be a tight end. Well, he if he throws it right there, isn't that guy that's right in front of Mixon? Yeah, he'd have blown him up. Around it, hot good. He would have hit him hard. Yeah. Or picked it off. Well, yeah, listen. What about throwing it away? Did he ever consider that? Well, no. Well, no. That was a big part of it. It's about the great culture. To throw it, he's looking about establishing running out of bounds. Throwaways. Get to throw it at least. Keeps it himself and loses yardage. A great job by Daniel Hunter to strengthen Browning. Last time he snuck it. When you line up, you line up third and one. Opening drive of the game. You don't want your multiple pro Pro Bowl running back in the backfield. No. You want to go empty. Yep. Under center. And you want to put the guy in motion. You don't want to put Jamar Chase in motion. He's too quick. You want to put T, T. Higgins in motion. He's too physical. Maybe even Tyler Boyd. You know, he, he, he can find a seam. 
what you want to do is you want to have your D2 quarterback of a tight end, Tanner Hudson, right. who is the least athletic guy on the field, to go in motion. You want to hand the ball off to him yep. and say, get us a first down. Did you okay. see the frustration, Tom? I don't know if you've seen this. I, I think I asked you. You said you show. saw it. I did. I, I was wondering if anyone else saw this. Maybe people in the chat seen this. When they went for it on third and one, on uh, third and goal or whatever it was, and they obviously did the the shove with, uh, with the, what they're doing in the NFL now, and it was short. Joe Mixon actually, um, he kind of came out of the backfield, motioned out of the backfield to where he wasn't even in the backfield at all, right? As soon as that play happens and it gets stuffed, I, if you get a chance to go back and watch it, maybe you DVR'd it, I want you to go and look at Joe Mixon's immediate reaction. It was like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. You don't really see that that often. Um, and you know what they did? They turned around and handed it to him, Tom, and he and he scored. So I and think I it was a you, big that, that F.U. That was one of the – if they, you say whatever you want about Joe Mixon, that run in and of itself, 90% of the backs in the league, when they take that hit right there, they're going down. I yep. agree. And, man, that dude – he, man, he plays with fire, and he's still a good player. Cincinnati he, Bengal next year? Will Joe Mixon be a, a Cincinnati question. Bengal next year? It's a good year? question. I mean, you know, they, they're not going to want to pay him a gazillion dollars, obviously. He took a pay cut this year. Right. Would he want to take another pay cut next year? Because Chase Brown's going to get more time next year, right? Right. And, and maybe they have some other options in free agency or draft. I don't know. What would be the highest you'd pay for him? I don't know. I'd have to think. Five about it. I'd have to see where he is, but I still think he's a good player, and I think he likes being Five here. I think he's a good right. culture guy. I mean, he's done some stuff off the field. Let's be honest about it now. But you know, okay, it, it's happened. Um, but man, allegedly, that dude cares, and he's still a good player. All right, what's your what did I miss? Me or Casey? Casey, who's up? You go. You go, Alex. Go okay. ahead, Elliot. Uh, also, real quick, uh, some super chat just so I don't forget. I'm just going to say it. Uh, Billy Ripken cards as stocking stuffers, says Xander X. Uh, Two dollars. If you don't know what a Billy Rip, if you don't know the Billy Ripken card, you, you need to look it up. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to read it's it. Cal Ripken's brother. Okay. All right. Uh, Drew Garrison, um, five dollars super chat. Big sports media created COVID. Darab UD of a natty. Yep. You can't change my mind. Blame the Chinese. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Ain't no stopping, Tom. Ain't no stopping, Obi Toppin. My what did I miss is LeBron James. Because everything in this world comes back to LeBron James. Yesterday, or two days ago, in an ooey-pooey basketball game, uh, a man by the name of Young Mantis, they, they call him Mantis, formerly of Barstool Sports, he rushed onto the court and tried to check into this collegiate Division I basketball game uh, with a fully decked out LeBron James Miami Heat jersey. <laughs> this is that ooey-pooey. This is a, a storied program. Look, and they'll turn. There he is in a, in a LeBron James Miami Heat jersey trying to check in for the home team. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure nothing happened to him. They just let him. They just walked him out. That was the coach there shoving him out there. Just wild. Yeah, at, a at, a, at a Division I school, Tom, they, they allow this to happen. That's how you PUI. That's a big league operation up there. No, that's a, that's a minor league operation. Did you see Oak Hills country, uh, the Oak Hills basketball? Oh, I saw. I was gonna. I was debating putting that. There was a score last week, Tom, where a team. Uh, I think I don't know where the, there was. A, it was a community we'll college. Make that on cherry on top if we don't have one. Okay, I'll I'll go find it. All right, then. go find that. All right, what, what's your uh, Casey? What is your uh, what did I miss? Uh, my what did I miss? Um, maybe many of you. Uh, might have watched it. Many of you might have not watched it. But 
Brock Purdy threw for four touchdowns yesterday. Oh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. System guy. And, and at this System very guy. moment, he's probably the front runner for MVP, leading the league in touchdowns, touchdown interception ratio. He's second in throwing yards. And I just had this uh, this and clip. yards and yards per attempt, by the way. Right. Let's I just not had that one. The people who say he's a dink and dunk guy. Go ahead. I had this clip of uh, the comparison between Jimmy Garoppolo and our guy Brock Purdy. He's Brock Purdy making some deep throws. This is Jimmy Garoppolo overthrowing his guy. Here, here's another Brock Purdy throw. Man, right in between four guys. There's another Jimmy G. Oh. Brock Purdy throwing it deep again. Oh, back shoulder. Touchdown. Jimmy G. Oh, picked. Brock Purdy. Another back shoulder throw. Ooh, nice. This seemed like it was selectively edited. I mean, I'm just... You I'm think, just you confused think they missed a because of throws I, I, I've been told over and over and over again that this guy is just Jimmy G, and it just couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, how can you say You're he right, can't throw past 10 yards when he's throwing 20-yard, 30-yard bombs on the money? On the money. Look at that throw. That's a Jimmy G That's throw. Jimmy and, G. Then, and then this is Brock Purdy. Look at that. Well, the guy fell down. I, mean, I could have made that throw. But – you know, the last time I checked, though, Casey, in all fairness, Jimmy G did lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Am I mistaken in that regard? Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, Brock well, Purdy so led them to the a phone. championship and then broke his elbow. Okay, I mean, but I don't I'm know. just saying. He did Lamar lead them to a championship. Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Okay. Well, if Brock Purdy wins it over Lamar Jackson, I'll, I'll be furious. Furious. Lamar has like no numbers. I don't. I don't know. If yeah, it's a... you're right. I mean, just based on straight numbers, you. You. I mean, boy, you really got to reach, man. You really? I'm not just saying that he's not the league MVP, but you got to really reach to give that award to Lamar Jackson ahead of Brock Purdy right now. I would give it to Christian McCaffrey before I give it to Brock Purdy. Okay. Lamar, Lamar Jackson's going to rush for a thousand yards and 3,500 passing. Yep. And he's going to throw about what? He's got about 18 touchdown passes. He's going to throw got... over 20 touchdowns, and he's going to he's going to have probably 10 rushing. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not disputing he's a league MVP. But I'm just saying, you're going to have a hard time when Purdy's numbers are up over four something thousand, 30 something touchdowns. Right. Handful of picks. Best record in the league, both of them. And when he played the, the AFC North, it didn't go well. And that's the division that Lamar Jackson plays in. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good, good debate. And McCaffrey's in there, too. I mean, that's what uh, uh, Purdy said after the game yesterday. Yep. They asked Purdy about being a league MVP, and he said, I think the league MVP is uh, Christian McCaffrey. He can do everything. Uh, mine, I changed it. I, I got to tell you, I, mine's just a, a, just a food for thought. I, I was originally sort of all in favor about this transfer portal thing and about, you know, the, the, the rules they changed for high school guys after you made a commitment and you could change your mind based on X, Y, and Z, and then they threw it out the window and all this kind of thing. I got to tell you, um, this whole thing to me, it is getting more bizarre by the day. And the thing with USC, the kid we talked about in the monologue, is just another layer in this whole thing. And even the Comacord thing. I got to tell you. I mean, McCord loses one game the entire year, his first year as a starter. It was an uneven year, but by and large, he had a damn good year as a first-year starter under the pressure and the limelight of Ohio State. Takes you down the field with 90 seconds in a game to beat Notre Dame. He, you, know, you win against Penn State, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, 
your dad and the kid come in and sit down with Ryan Day. And Ryan Day, who's paid millions of dollars to lead Ohio State to the college football playoff and hasn't done it now. He did last year, but not this year. But he's lost to Michigan three years in a row. When Ryan Day has to be totally honest and looks this kid right in the eye and he says, you know what, I'm not promising this starting job next year. It's going to be an open competition. And for then the kid to turn and walk away, I'm leaving Ohio State to go to Syracuse? I mean, the kids, and, and then all of a sudden the guy at SC, most heavily recruited player in the country, he sits behind Caleb Williams for a year, which he knew was coming. And, and what all of a sudden made him change his mind two days ago? I'm leaving. He's getting ready to start a bowl game because Caleb Williams is sitting out. This whole, this whole thing, and, and, the, and the Riola kid we talked about, number one high school, high school player in the country this year. He's a senior. Committed originally to Ohio State. Changed his mind to Georgia. Now he's changed his mind to Nebraska. If you're a coach and you're trying to build a roster, how in the world are you building a roster where they're allowing kids to change their mind about where they're going to college three times in two months? I don't know. I'm not so sure. We'll see how it all plays out as time goes by. But this thing, I don't feel sorry for the coaches. I don't feel sorry for Kirby Smart and Ryan Day and Nick Saban. I don't feel sorry for any of them. But it's got to be mighty hard to try to run your business when you don't even know who's going to show up at the office the next day. All right. We have a cherry on top. What is this? We said we were doing. So we have a, so, so there was a basketball game, a Division One basketball game. Well, one team was. Uh, it was North Dakota State. They beat a and, and, you know some of these college they schedule these scrub teams. Uh, it's it's a little this and that. We pay them and they come to the game. We get an easy win. I don't even think it counts for North Dakota State's record. They beat Oak Hill Christian by 94 points. Tom. Wow. They beat them by 94, 94. points. And you got you got to look at some of these highlights. This was the tape from the game. All these shots are by Oak Hill Christian who scored 11 points in the game. Guess what division Oak Hill Christian is? What? They're not. They're not in the NCAA. They're not in the NAIA. They're not in JUCO. Who allowed this? They're in the Christian College Association of Athletics. They're in the NCCAA. That's what it's like. It's like Christian College Athletic Association. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe just the coach missed one of the C's when he was looking at the schedule. I guess. Tom, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Tom, look at this. We got got five guys in this room. Look at this. You can't tell me we can't put up more than 10 points against This is my favorite baseball. guy. That guy, that, guy, <laughs> that guy looks like the guy that you show up at the YMCA and you think about wanting to play He's a pickoff so game. so hard. You see him shoot one shot and you think, ah, I'm better off just sitting over here and shooting myself. I mean, it was horrible. It's, it's embarrassing a- that the NCAA allowed this. Yeah, it really is. It's embarrassing for the team to schedule them. <laughs> These shots... I mean, those young guys have moms and dads just like everybody else. To, to, to put yourself, I mean, that's, you know, that's, right? They're running the only, out there in front of the Lions in the Coliseum, right? That's right. The only thing I can think of, Tom, is that they were paid very handsomely to be there. Well, they better be. I don't know. It doesn't look like there are a hell of a lot of people in there to be printing money. <laughs> that's true. Right? North Dakota State's probably not a money factory, but. In all seriousness, most local high school teams are probably better than that Oak Hills team. <laughs> you're probably right. Probably right. 
All right, uh, tomorrow we got Brian Billick joining us. Did we confirm yay or nay Chuck Martin yet? We have not. They said they're going to come on, so he should be on tomorrow. Oh, good. But We're we excited have to have him. I, I, I just am so doggone excited, even though it's OU's big rivalry. Uh, it's good to have Miami football back. I'm going to ask him tomorrow. There have to be teams coming after this guy. There have to be. Yeah. You I see, mean, what he's hopefully. done at Miami in a short amount of time, and then this year when his main quarterback goes down, Gabbert, they continue to win games. They ultimately win the MAC championship. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just all dialed in here. He's a Chicago guy, uh, but he's done a great job at Miami, so we look forward to having him. We have our power rankings tomorrow. Boy, how those will take a different look tomorrow. Uh, and by the way, it was brought to our attention in the chat. The Niners and the Ravens mm -hmm. play next week. Yep. Uh, early line on that is the Niners are five-point favorites. Five? Can you imagine being a five-point favorite over Baltimore? Yeah. They're pretty good. Gosh. 49ers are pretty good. All right. Casey, Trace, have a great day. You too, Tom. We have box lunch coming up with yep. Elliot and Reed, you being the host today. I am the host. That's All correct. Right, we're ready to go. Box lunch coming up. Here we go right now.